Welcome, welcome, welcome to Armchair Expert. I'm Dan Rather, and I'm joined. It's so weird when you're sitting side saddle. I know. We don't do the intros side by side. We don't. We do them across you're, the way. You're always on the couch. Yep, but not today. No way. We're turning it on its head <laughs> or its side. <laughs> we have a very fun guest today, Eva Longoria. Did that make you uncomfortable? A little. Eva Longoria. Eva Longoria is an actor, a producer, and a director Desperate Housewives, Devious Maids, and she has a movie out right now called Flamin' Hot, which is a super inspirational and cool story. She directed it. She directed it, yeah, and it's about Richard Montanez. She tells me how to pronounce it, and I'm not doing it correctly. But the gentleman who created Flamin' Hot, Cheetos. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating story, and then she's just so cool. She is. She's really fun. This is a this is a bouncy one. It's a bouncy, fun, high-energy one. Please enjoy Eva Longoria. We are supported by Squarespace. Guys, we have a Squarespace website that's just gorgeous. That Wobby Wob, you uh, you built that yourself using all the templates, yeah? I sure did. Yeah, easy peasy? So easy. Well, the best part about Squarespace is it's an all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can get discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools, and you can choose from professionally curated layouts and styling options with Squarespace Blueprint. Plus, you can kickstart or update written content on any website, product description, or email with Squarespace AI. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial and save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with the code DAX. We are supported by Taco Bell. Ooh. Oh, man. We often do two recordings a day and we have this little nice lunch break that we enjoy and we're always craving something really yummy. Yes, yeah, something fresh, something high quality, something like the all new cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell, which is mm. exactly that. Mm. It's so yummy. It has slow roasted chicken, the pico, that purple cabbage, and an avocado verde salsa sauce. Oh, delicious. Outrageous. The new Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burrito, and Quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina Chicken menu at Taco Bell now. He's an We're exactly the same age. I don't know if really? you had put that 1975? Yes, ma'am. No I'm way. three months older than you. It uh, should be really easy. Wow. Thank God, thank God somebody's older than me. What, what are you, March 15? Oh, thank you. March 15. March 15. January 2nd. Okay. Mm -hmm. Three months. I just met somebody. Will I am. That's it. Mm. That's exactly. March 15, 1975. And do you find that you're at all similar? Yes. I mean, musically, obviously. Very. But other than that. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, back in the day, in my wild days, you know, three children. Wait, children? Well, I have three stepchildren. Oh, you do? Okay, yeah. okay, okay. And then I have one son. Your hair's so long and beautiful. Oh, honey, it's not mine, but thank you. Oh, great. I love it. <laughs> Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. I'm trying to get it out. I'm not this girl. I'm like sleeping. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I just need to. Can somebody come get these things out of my head? My hairstylist, because we have all these events coming up. Thank yeah. you so much. He's like, we have to keep them in. Do you want like, anything don't in it? Pull them out. No, I'm perfect. Black is good. Okay, I'm black too. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I am. I'm black. You wish. No, I, uh, I do wish. Love I, these. These are comfy. Oh, good. 
How old are you? Uh, you're a baby. Yeah, you're a baby. You're a child. Isn't he fucking cute? Yeah. People don't get to see Wobby Wob, but he's so cute. I took him to Las Vegas this weekend. We pull and, him out as and, like a special. Do you know he was kind of getting the Charlie treatment in Vegas? <laughs> that some girls fell in love with him and invited him to a strip club, and he oh had to tell God. him, I'm a married man. I don't want to go Wrong. to that. Oh, are you married? Yeah, yeah get two little kids. What? Yeah. No, you're a he baby. Locked it down so you young. the same look on your face, and we're the same age. Like, you had the same I look. Exactly. I mean, how old are we? I you're feel like, like we're you're so like, what? old. You should be. Yeah, you're yeah. living it up. You want to know what I was doing at 35? I was divorced twice. No kids. I feel like my assistant and my social media girl—they're babies, and they don't go out. The young it's a people different don't do time. Anything, right? They don't do anything. There's real data. They don't have sex either. That's not good for That's our- That's not good. No. no. I think it's a lot of people get validation off social media and they feel connected and then they don't need to really go do anything. I mean, it's bad. All my assistants are cool and hip and they dress nice. And I'm like, where are you wearing this to? Other than my house. <laughs> yeah, to you. It's for you. <laughs> you only. Because this should not be wasted on me. Yeah. And they're like, I know. This must be a 1975 thing because this is me too, right? <laughs> right. Monica will tell you. Everyone, I'm like, why aren't you guys out being young and having fun? Like, why yeah. aren't you meaning... What's going on? Like, let's go. I really want people to get out there. And I do too. Yeah. My stepdaughter, she's 27 now, but she was coming to college to LA. She's from Mexico City. And I was like, this is gonna be amazing. Oh my God. You know, I would have killed to go out of the country for college. You know yes. what I mean? Like, just like, oh, can you imagine? New oh, life. Paris or something? You're, yes, oh. what, Spain? Yeah. What, oh. I wanna go. And so I told her, you're gonna have the best. And then she got a boyfriend right before oh. she left in Mexico. So oh. she was like going back Long and forth. Distance? I was like, why would you do that? She ended up marrying him and he's lovely. Oh, okay. He's a lovely human <laughs> being. <laughs> I was like, this is it. You're gonna sleep your way through the United States. You're going to Baskin Robbins. You can sample all 31 flavors. You've got years to do this. Yes. So I was like, oh, why would you get a boyfriend and be all settled down? <laughs> but then but at what age do you think it switches over into, well, 50. it's time. Okay, great. Yeah, sounds I like love a good that. time to settle down. Lots of time left. How old are you? 36. Okay, you're a baby too. But don't you think 50's young? Well, certainly now that I'm banging on its back door. Yeah. yeah. Well, twofold. Well, 40 for sure is young though. Oh, yeah. yes, absolutely. You could probably for run sure, a marathon yeah. if you were inclined. Yeah, I started playing paddle tennis about 10 years ago. Not pickleball. Oh. Not paddle. pickleball. What is the difference? Well, the ball. Okay. The, <laughs> the rackets. <laughs> the, the court. Whole, okay. The whole game. So a lot <laughs> of this stuff. Completely different. <laughs> All right. So completely different okay. game. Do you have a chip on your shoulder that pickleball is so popular now? I don't. I own a pickleball team. Oh, well then fuck I do. Yeah. I do. So great. If Good you can't for them. beat them, join them. But I own will them. say paddle is like a sport. It's okay. hard. But literally three years ago, I was like, I think I might go pro. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like, of course. Yeah. And I'm horrible. Yeah, yeah. But in my head, yes. I think I'm young enough to do that. My husband's like, have you seen video of yourself? <laughs> That's like Kristen every time we watch the Olympics. I could I totally think do that. She thinks she can be in the Olympics like for real. Yeah. And I can't wrap my head around this. Yeah, but I really believe that. <laughs> I believe that too. That's why you're sitting where you're at. It I is. mean, it is part of the recipe. You have to be naively optimistic in some weird way. Delusional. It's called yes. delusion. <laughs> you have to be fucking delusional. Yeah, I think about it all the time. <gasps> you guys have the embers? You're fancy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we make up for the wires with the embers. Think of us as like a boutique hotel where you know it's a shitty hotel, but we've got enough accoutrement to make you think it's nice. There's incense. Yeah. Yeah. We got some candles. But you know what else, too? I'm delusional in my optimism. I have body dysmorphia the other way. 
I think I look oh, amazing. Oh, incredible. No. Good. That's yeah. not, hold good, on, good, hold, good. hold, hold. Yeah, hold. but is that not body dysmorphia? No, I'm because like, you look incredible. No, no, no. I'm saying like, I go in a red carpet and I'm like, this dress with peacock feathers, isn't this stunning? And then I see the red carpet photos and I'm like, why the fuck am I wearing peacock feathers? Or whatever it is. It literally is really bad. I remember I squeezed myself into something a month after pregnancy because I was like, I look good. And then I looked back at the pictures. I was like, why would I wear that? <laughs> I really thought I looked good. But I think the thing, you did look good. Maybe mm-hmm. now looking back, you have a different opinion. How about on this? I've I never think, seen you not look good. I well, think I can solve it though. I okay. think it's like what she thought she looked like. Yeah. And yes. then what objectively she sees she looks like. How you is it objective? F- it's all coming from her the whole time. You're right. She is the single data set. No, I think a lot of people, there was a I'm, consensus that it was not good. <laughs> there you go. We had children. I was 38 with the first yeah. one came. In relative to other people with 10-year-olds, I'm kind of old, but I'm like not a second too soon. I'm delighted I delayed. Yeah, me too. Long, right? Mine was 43. Aren't you just delighted that oh, you 100%. chose it that way? Because us coming up in this industry at that time was so much hustle. I remember submitting myself with Backstage West. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Going to people's weird apartments and Thomas talking to Guide, a strange man. If only people knew Analog. what Thomas Guides were. Uh, you had to be all in hmm? for your own success. And when you have children, you have to be all in on them. And so I love that I'm not the center of my universe. People go, how's your life changed? Isn't it crazy having a kid? And I go, it's amazing because I get to say no to everything. Yes, it's a built-in no. It's a built-in, he's got a fever. It's like you have the flu for 18 years. Yes. You can always <laughs> just say, I would love to, but I don't want to get everyone sick. Yeah, COVID scared is school. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think my life was simplified when I had him, not like, it's so complicated now because you are no longer the center of your universe. 40 years of my life, it was about me. Yeah. I completely exhausted it. I cannot think anymore about what's right for me, what's right for me. And then I had Santi and then I was like, oh, this is awesome. What's his name? Santiago. Santi. Oh, I like so, that. Yeah. Will he get confused with Santi Claus? Right now he's going by Santi Quique because his name is Santiago Enrique and the short nickname for Enrique is Quique. So he goes, I'm Santi Kike. And somebody said that the other day. You're like, you're Santi Claus? And he goes, <laughs> no. But he Not was like, yet. could I be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that an maybe? option? <laughs> yes, exactly. If you're confusing me for him, maybe hey, that's maybe. an option. We haven't even talked about Santa Claus. Several different times we've stepped in it where people got very upset. Like one is we didn't bathe our kids a lot. When they're babies, yeah. we did. But then as soon as they hit like six or seven, a couple times a week's great. Until they stink. <laughs> That was a big hoopla. People were disgusted with us. But didn't Mila and Ashton say the same thing? That's where it came from. We were talking to Mila on the podcast. But another thing is this, which is Santa Claus. We got to that age. Yeah. Roll it out for her. You know, St. Nick's going to come by. He's huge. He's going to come down the chimney. And I was just looking in her face. And even at three, she was like, oh, this doesn't jive with what I know about physics and the size of the world and people. And so- Told her the one lie. And then over the next week and a half, just question after question, poking holes in this. Oh, yeah. And now I'm like 51st lie on Wednesday. I don't like this. I don't like that I'm gaslighting. (laughs) I don't like that the best part of her personality, you know, her inquisitiveness and her going, this doesn't feel right. And I was like, fuck it. We're not doing this. So we didn't do it. And guess what? Christmas is just as fun as at our house as it was when I was a kid. I'm in that that. now. Like, do I do the powdered footsteps on the, we don't even have a chimney. (laughs) Like, we don't even have a fireplace. Do I build a fireplace? You know what's so funny about girls? I have a boy, which I'm so thankful. But girls, it's hard because you want 
her to question oh god yeah everything especially a man telling her exactly yeah. Yeah. raising a girl when you're like okay simmer down and sit down and be a good girl and stay in line that's not the woman you want her to be no so you have to like yes you call bullshit and i see your bullshit <laughs> yes, yes. i fold you yeah. just folded your hand. You know, it had no impact. We're all going to be together. You're not in yeah. school and you get a shitload of presents. Still magical. How is that a bummer? Yeah. Do you know James Purefoy? Amazing actor. We shot this thing together. We were talking about Christmas and he said, I did the whole thing. There's a place. Where do you go? Not in Iceland or Norway or somewhere you oh. go. You get off the plane. A sled picks no. you up with oh. reindeer. Oh, yeah. Wow. Reindeer takes you to your little cottage. You go across the lake. The elves are making cookies. Oh. There's a house. Oh. The smoke is coming out. There's oh. Mrs. Claus, Wait, she welcomes I you go in. There. I, I know. Go. I want to go. I want to take Santi. And then you go into the room, and there's Mr. Claus. They must have 28 of these, you know what I mean? Because sure. I had to service yeah. all these families. But there's Mr. Claus. Can you imagine the Santa dining Claus. hall there? Yes. Uh, yeah, right? 28 sandals. Smoking. Yeah. <laughs> Banging shots. <laughs> Drinking some spiked eggnog. Anyway, he did the whole thing. And he goes, So now my son is like 13. He knows Santa's not real. But he goes, the other day, I was just listening to him talk to his friends. And he goes, you know Santa's not real. Meaning the guy at the mall, that's not Santa. And that guy's not Santa. He goes, I've met him. Oh, oh And then James, Yeah. And James turned around going, oh, uh -oh. my God, this lie I told him at five. Yes. yes. He's never bought the commercialization of it. No, that's not real. Yeah. Because I met the real guy. Oh, right. my God. And he had to like sit Scary. him down at 13 and go like, no, no. Although that place was real. Yeah. The people there were in character. Yeah. Like going to Disneyland. Yes. Santa hasn't come up. Well. Isn't that weird? He's five. He just turned five. Oh, well, this is probably the year. Because he's in preschool and stuff now. Is, right? well, I was he thinking of peers. doing the shelf on the elf. Um, or oh. yeah. Elf on the shelf. Okay, Sorry. so we started that. Okay, disaster. You're not going to like where So I much work. Well, I don't know where you're at. You went to Catholic school growing up and this and that. But yeah. I started also seeing the parallel of how you're laying the groundwork for another thing. So <laughs> elf on the shelf's perfect. He's a little guy and he's magic. And if you touch him, he can't be an elf anymore. You ruin his elfness if you Ooh. touch him. That's built That's in. That's on the box? Yeah, it's like original <laughs> sin is built into <laughs> oh, it. Oh, yes. And like the shame. And then every little kid touches it. How could they not? Like you're putting a fucking cute little stuffed animal that's magic. So of course they're going to touch it. And then they're riddled with guilt. They're going to hell, basically. They've killed this elf. I'm like, why are we doing It's this? a slippery slope. It yeah. is. And I feel like it's all just laying the foundation to go like, yeah, I know it's crazy the world's 3,000 years old, but that's how it is. And <laughs> we don't know what well, to you know say about so these funny. dinosaur I bones. No, but it's so funny because when Santi was four, yeah, so maybe a year ago, he was asking me something, but mom, why? But mom, why? And it never ended. And I said, because God made it like that. Yeah, yeah. And we're in the car and he goes, who's God? <laughs> and I literally was like, oh my God, has he never come up? <laughs> Have I not mentioned him? And then I felt as a horrible Catholic. I was like, oh God, I forgot to mention God. Slipped your mind for four years. Slipped my mind for four years. Because he goes, who's that? And I was like, oh, oh my God. Also, what a question. So live in what the a profound no, question. No, and so then I go, well, he. Yes, <laughs> Maybe she, they, yeah. and I had to Google, give a Google of how to explain, God, because I wanted it right, not in dogma or spooky, as George Carlin would say, spooky language. I wanted it to be almost where he goes, oh, got it. Right. And there was a kid his age, he went viral because he explained what God was. Oh. And he goes, well, God is energy. Basically, 
It's in everything. He explained it so well, so I just played the video for him. Oh, perfect. You turned <laughs> I'm it, a you YouTube parent. it to an eight-year-old? <laughs> yeah. I was like, here you go. Here and he is. said it so great. I got to give a shout out to that kid. But he says profound stuff. What if he became your new spiritual leader? This right. Yeah, what if he <laughs> is God? Yes. <laughs> and so the other day I said something and Santi goes, well, God did that because he's the energy source. He had such a smart answer for it. And I said, exactly. I just said simply, a lot of people believe in God. A lot of people don't. I don't, but a lot of people do. Yeah. You're free to do either. So that was all easy for me. But then we got to the, and then what's happening? And you're going to die, and I'm going to die crying. You know, you get to that age where they recognize you're going to die, and then they recognize they're going to die. Crying, crying, crying. There's nothing to be said. It's a tragedy. We die. It's heartbreaking. There's no silver lining to it. But it's sitting right there. All I got to say is, but in heaven, we'll all see each other. It's so tempting. Yeah. Because I could comfort this very scary reality. That's the most tempted I've ever been to perpetuate the yeah. thing that I personally just don't believe is real. But boy, it was so tempting. But then it just passed. Then we were on to the next thing. Well, I've had to use the heaven thing because we've had pets die. Okay, great. As we all know, they go to heaven. <laughs> or the pet cemetery, which uh, seems scarier. Uh, uh, no, Popeye, our dog, oh, died no. suddenly, and he doesn't understand where he went. Yeah. Right. So even me saying, we just buried him. Remember, you were there? And he's like, no, but where is he? He really was talking about his soul yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So then I was like, you know, he's in heaven with Judy Garland, because uh, my son loves Judy Garland. <laughs> Betty White. <laughs> he likes somewhere over the rainbow. Oh. So he watches this video, and he goes, where is she? And I said, well, she's no longer here. She She's not here. Mm -hmm. yes. Where? What's her location? Yes. Do we have eyes on? She it shared a... her location on the iPhone. <laughs> it's a, it's snowballed. Do we have eyes on? <laughs> on Judy Garland. Yeah. So then we're watching Judy Garland. I said, well, she's in heaven. And then it led to Elvis Presley. And he goes, where is he? And I said, he's in heaven as well. <laughs> and then a it was like, there, and that, maybe. literally every video that kept coming up of songs that he liked was dead people. But so, what, when you get to it's listen, a snowball. I know it is. Never, it's and then never inevitably, ending. he's going to go. Where's Michael Jackson? Or where's Jeffrey Epstein? And you're going to go. <laughs> well, well, Epstein's, he's, easy Epstein's to say in, he's in hell. hell. But Mike Jackson. <laughs> oh, more of a middle ground. That's a, well, to unpack oh, God, why I he mean, might not. Be. Heaven is a conversation you do not want to have. So our friend was driving in the car with his three daughters and. Michael Jackson was on the radio and he kind of painted himself into a corner. He just <laughs> let out, it's complicated. Something about it's complicated. And then one of the daughters in back goes, what did he do? Yeah, he said he did some bad stuff. He did some bad stuff. And, she was and like, then she's well, like, well, what, what did he do? And he's like, I really don't want to talk about it in the car right now. Maybe we'll sit down and we'll go through it. Beep, beep, beep. Did he smoke cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> Literally what? the worst thing. Yeah. Couldn't even be talked about in the car. We'd have to get home and discuss it. I was like, the way young people think about smoking is oh, so yeah. comical to me. Yeah. Having grown up inside of a fucking ashtray with my <laughs> parents and the windows up and the cigarettes <laughs> everywhere, the airplane. Yes. Were you a smoker? I was. Yeah, me too. I, I was loved I smoked it. for a in minute. In fact, when we met Did we share a cigarette? <laughs> I had just quit. Oh yeah. I've been quit for 16 or yeah, 17 years Yeah, I quit years 10 now. years ago. But I smoked for like five years because I dated so a Spaniard. You, oh, oh, yeah. Old, you got he it. was a chimney. And I would be an occasional. And then I met my husband now and he said, I'll never forget that first lunch we had. You must have smoked 12 cigarettes. Oh, wow. no kidding. For lunch. And then maybe I was dating him a month and I was like, I don't want to smoke anymore. And I quit. Wow. That's it. You have a very non-addictive personality. Yeah. You do. I do. It's just a blessing. My wife's that way. When I met her, she smoked. 
Yeah. Like at night with her friends. Yeah. And then a couple months went by and I said, wow, you kind of effortlessly quit smoking. She goes, I didn't quit. And I go, yeah, you haven't smoked in like two months. And she yeah. Goes, no. Had no recollection. Assume she still smoked. I can't imagine that. But my son, he must have seen this on the interweb, some about smoking. And he said, like, I want to smoke. And I was like, absolutely not. You will die. He said he wanted to. Yeah, he goes, I want to smoke. And he's four, right? <laughs> yeah. he said, I wanna, and I was like, no, absolutely not. You will die. He goes, why? <laughs> and I said, it's toxic and it kills you slowly and you will die. Like, I wanted to be very clear about it. And you will not go to heaven yeah, yeah. Judy Garland. <laughs> you will That's not be with Judy Garland. smokers. So then we go to Spain and I'm shooting in Spain where everybody smokes. And he's walking on the street and he goes, excuse me, sir, that's toxic and you're going to die. Oh, oh, wow. And then he goes to the next person and the next person. <laughs> well, and he's saving their lives. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I kept apologizing to people. I'm like, I don't know where he got that. <laughs> I have a, maybe this is personal, but do you believe in heaven? I do because I'm culturally Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I usually have a very thought. big rosary on. I literally realized I forgot to put it on today. No, I grew up very Catholic and I'm still practicing Catholic. But yeah, it's complicated now, especially because I'm a huge scientist in my head. Right. So the new telescope and we can see the beginning of time a billion years ago, not yeah. 3,000 years Yeah, I'm a historian and I love facts. We just had the man who has the NASA grant to study for exoplanets around yes. stars to establish some you had proof a real of guest. life. You had a real guest. No, no, on. no. <laughs> That's our Thursday, our smarty pants guests. Oh. He said. What? Well, you know, there's like three or 400 billion stars in just our galaxy. Yeah. Our galaxy is one of many, many billions Billions, of galaxies. So he said there are a trillion billion stars. Try to think about that. Think that math. And that one in five of them have planets on them that could sustain life. Oh. So one-fifth of a trillion billion. But how far is that from us? Ten light years away is one of them, hundred light years, you know, scattered throughout everywhere. So that's really hard to make peace with the notion that there's probably a couple hundred kabillion life forms somewhere in the universe. When did he create those? When did him do that? Yeah. When did she do that? When did she? Even that, it starts breaking down so quickly. Well, also, then you apply a gender stereotype, which I have from the era I grew up in, which is, I don't think it is a she, because look at this place. <laughs> yeah. It's so cutthroat and fucking the strongest, dumbest person wins. That can't be a she design. That's gotta be a fucking me design. Like, let's give the big boys all the power. Yeah. What? But Deepak Chopra is a different, I just want to just drop that name on this couch. Yeah. Deepak right Chopra. Now, I've known him for many years. He actually has debates of like religion and God or spirituality and science. And he's written several books about it. His conclusion is they coexist. Yeah. Yeah, we had another great guy, Neil Thies, mm-hmm. on, who's a physicist and a fucking oncologist, everything. Very yeah. spiritual. Yeah, and he's made peace in some weird way. I was buying him. Yeah, it made sense. I got, I got pretty deep. I was like, wow, you got me as close to that as I can experience. Yeah. I want to know if you have it in your heart and in your chest. The only thing I can feel that definitely feels supernatural is the child-parent experience. What's supernatural about it? It's so much bigger and weirder than science. Yeah. And she's existed forever and yet hasn't. There's something to me that is fully outside of the world of academia I came from. And that's maybe the only thing in life I've... So do you have that feeling in many different areas? Yeah, love. I'm also a Buddhist. Also, (laughs) there's past life. Of course, we've been here many times. What do you call the thing when you're into the stars or science? Astrology. Astrology? Astrologist. Astronomy is the real thing. Astrology is the... kooky thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> with much respect, I right. say that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah I love yes. it. I'm a Pisces rising. I love all of it. 
I am a theologian. Like, I'm like, ooh, what do you believe? Oh, I want that. I like the buffet style. I'm going to take past lives from you, and I'm going to take hell and heaven That's from great. you. Uh, Santa um, Claus from Santa y'all. Santa Claus from you guys. <laughs> and Easter Bunny. No. But the past lives thing, I will have so many deja vus with my son. Or he'll say something. Like, well, when I was a doctor, he'll say, I was a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, I was a doctor. And I said, when? And he goes, before. (gasps) And I'm like, really? Or he just looks at me and he touches my face and he just holds me like my husband would. Right. Like a wise person. Yes. Yes. Looking through time. (laughs) Yeah. I've known this face for an eternity. Yeah. That gives me goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not comfortable just calling it love because I've certainly loved partners tremendously. And I love my mother and my siblings. Yeah, but this is a different thing. This is a different thing. It transcends all those things for me. What's like people go, would you ever murder somebody? You go, no. And you're like, if something happened to your child, yes. Yeah, everyone. Everyone. Yes. Zero thought about (laughs) it. I know. The things I have agreed. We have a friend who has terrible questions all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's like. He's like, would you kill this country to save your child? I'm like, yes, I know it's amoral, but I would. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. I know. Anywho, Corpus Christi. Miss Corpus Christi, 1998. Yes, I know this about <gasps> wow. you. Very esteemed honor. You and Matthew McConaughey. Little Mr. Texas, he although it turns Mr. out he Texas. wasn't. Do you know the wow. story about him? No. He grew up believing he had won Little Mr. Texas, and he was in the newspaper his whole life. His mother would introduce him. You know, he was Little Mr. Texas when he was six years old. He found the newspaper clipping, and he looked closer at the picture, and it says clearly, runner-up. Matthew McConaughey. He did not win <laughs> Little Mr. Texas, but he grew up believing he was Little Mr. Texas. And it Texas. made him oh, him. Yeah. Oh, good for him. <laughs> but I got to tell you one funny thing. Corpus Christi, my best friend Aaron Weekly and I, 1993, going into Christmas break, we're going to take a road trip. We don't know where we're going to go. Talk about Thomas Guide. Got out the Rand McNally, huge map I had in my car. Look in the back and there are all these tables and it would do average temperature of a city in December. We literally just went down it and Corpus Christi was the highest average temperature on Christmas. On Christmas. So we got in the car and, and we went, drove oh, to Corpus, Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi, Texas. And we got there. This is 1993. Oh, my God. I was graduating high school. Me you too. too. <laughs> you too. Us too. <laughs> and we got there and we were like, huh some business buildings. I remember sitting in the middle of the town, no stores, no restaurants. And we were like, what the fuck are we going to do now? And then we discovered that Padre Island was right across the way. And we ended up being there for like six days. Yeah. Padre Island's great. What was Corpus Christi like 75 to Um, 93? I grew up on a ranch outside of Corpus. So I would go to school and then our whole summers and almost every weekend we were on the ranch. So it was really almost 50-50 with pigs and chickens and things on the ranch. And then we would go to school in Corpus Christi. What did mom and dad do? They're Tejano. This is worth exploring. Tejano, yes. Tejano. So they're original people that settled inside of Texas when it was Mexico. We never crossed the border. The border crossed us. Wow. Post-Mexican-American War. And their family had 4,000 acres on the Rio Grande that was taken once the lines were drawn. Oh, wow. Much of that land was taken from land barons and just going, ah, and you're gone. Okay, so what did mom and dad do? My mom was a special education teacher. Okay. And your sister also was Yes, my si- because needs. my sister's special Oh, that's needs. how it started. Okay. Yeah, my mom would go to school with her every day and just sit and was like terrified. She's like, I might as well be making yeah. $26 yeah, so an hour. I might as well be making $9 an hour. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how horrible. Yeah. Teachers are paid. And my mom would go every day with her and the teacher said, you should 
apply to be a teacher's aide. And every time my sister moved up a grade, she would move up with her. So she was oh. always in the same class as my special needs sister. And then she got her associate's degree to become a teacher. So my mom went to night school and then wow. became a teacher. So she was a special education teacher for 30 years. Oh my wow. God. Yeah. Wow, wow, Saint. wow. And then my Total dad, Saint. he worked for the army base in Corpus Christi. Corpus Christi is big military. Yes, military. The neat thing about Padre Island is there's federal beach and there's state beach. They're right next to each other. And one of them you can stay for like nine days. Yeah. You can just camp on the beach and you can drive your car on the beach. It's very cool. Yeah. And many of the people we were bumping into were military people that were either on a leave and they were just bouncing back and forth from the state beach to the federal beach. But yes, oh, tons and tons. And of, you can carry a gun. Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> any of those jellyfish attack, <laughs> you're ready to go. Yes. So um, he was Army Corps of Engineers yeah, type? Yeah, my dad's smart. And my mom's a teacher. So we were a very academic family. And you're the youngest of four. I'm the youngest of four. I'm the disappointed. Appointment. Tell me, yeah, yeah, I want to know what your role. I know. I heard I, you say that on Vogue Beauty Secrets. Oh, I yeah. watched that. I love that. You could even say addicted. Yeah, yeah, that's your thing. You say that on there, and you say you're the black sheep, and I was like, I can't. Yeah, I mean, my sisters look like you. Yeah, <sighs> they're six two and heavily tattooed, <laughs> big nose, beard. Yeah, covering up <laughs> arguably a weak chin. <laughs> No, I grew up as the ugly dark one, La Prieta Fea, because they look alike. They were all blonde when they were born. And they have like really light eyes, they're light skin. And then I came out like a chocolate chip. I was like black hair, dark skin. <laughs> You're very Latina looking. I'm yeah. super Latina. Yeah. They're, not. they're not. They're not. They're not. And are your parents? Was it rumored? I don't look like anybody. Huh. But they look alike. Was there a Latino um, teacher at the I, school? I, I, ended up, I ended up doing that DNA Dr. Gates, Gates show. Yes. And I was like, mom. Just tell me now because it's coming out. And she's like, will you stop? Because my whole life I was like, I know I was adopted or, mm -hmm. or. You, you had some fun. Or. Yeah. And she's like, really? Really? Like, come on. <laughs> you and black sheep. I sat down and they're rolling. And he has this book of all the. This is scary. All the stuff that they're about to tell you, but they want it on camera. And he's like, you are going to be. So surprised. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. <laughs> Is her mic okay? Are we good? Oh, did we mark? Did we mark it? Right? And then he's saying that and saying that, and I go, I'm so sorry. Hold on. Am I my father's daughter? Yeah. And he goes, yeah. I go, oh, okay. <laughs> That's not, you're not going to tell me that on camera. Take your time now. Okay. But, oh, wow. my God. I lived for one second and thought he was going to yes. go. And your father's not your father. <laughs> well, you know that happened to Carrie Washington. Yes, I just did her book tour and I interviewed her. Oh. So we laugh about it because the same thing as she was going to do that show. Yes. And she did not know her father wasn't her father. And I was like, oh, it's so funny. I was going to use that show to out my mom. I was like, <laughs> oh, um, yeah, I got you now, lady. <laughs> got you over a barrel. You're not a saint. One thing that was shocking about that Gates situation is that you're 70% European. With the Tejano-ness, I would have thought it would have been less, right? Me too. My whole life, I'm like, Mexican. I'm such yeah. a proud Mexican-American. Of course. And that's what was the shocking thing, was he was like, you are mostly Spaniard still. And I was like, what? I'm the colonizer? Yes, conquistador. <laughs> You're the know, first enemy. <laughs> but, you know, I live half the time in Spain now, and I have a house in Spain, and I have Ooh. a show in Spain. So I really feel Spanish as well. Yeah, so I'm yeah. like, I am home. <laughs> we live in Mexico City, and so yeah. I'm like, this is my land. Sure, sure. And I'm a patriotic and American. In LA, so. you drive around, you're like, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I live in time. Beverly Hills. Where yeah. in Spain? I live in Marbella. Where's Marbella? Marbella. It's in Andalusia, which is Malaga, Cordoba. Sevilla. It's like the South. It's gorgeous. I'm learning that I'm very ignorant on Spain. Spanish geography. It used to be so bad. I never knew where anything was, specifically in the United States. I'm like, where is North Dakota? Is that up, down? Is that to the right, to the There's left? a clue with the North, but yeah. Right, but no, that's it. I One time I was so bad. I go, I'm so bad at geology. 
<laughs> my friend goes, you really are. <laughs> you really are bad. You really, really are terrible. <laughs> but now I'm better. It's Mostly not- because my son is amazing. He's like, mom, did you know blah, blah, blah is in Africa and this country? And our stewardess one time was from Romania. And he goes, oh, that's next to blah, blah, blah. Oh, he knew where Romania was. He knew that's the bordering a, states of Romania. Not cut. just Romania's over here. He was like, oh, so you're next to this and that. Well, dad has to be bright. I'm just deducing that from his role <laughs> in his professional life. My baby daddy. Yes, is yes. very smart. He's successful. Yes, he's the president of Televisa. He was. He was. Yeah. But you can't come to occupy that role and be a Dum dum. Yeah, no, he's very smart. Is that what got you horniest for him? Yes, What's his yes. most attractive quality? His most attractive quality is he's the kindest human being you will ever meet. Meet him right now and you'd fall in love. You're like, oh yeah, I love him. Yeah. I love him more than you. Yeah. So <laughs> I realize I'm not that nice. Well, but this is what I was just going to drill into. Kind, it wouldn't be in my top four things I was looking for in most of my life. Kind sounds boring. I'm a little bit of an arousal junkie. So was kind, do you think that was an age thing for you? That you would have put <laughs> kind so as old. number? Did you always go for kind? I actually, yeah. Kind and talented. People go, you don't even have a type because they would think of everybody I've been with and nobody Visually looks alike. Yeah. And I was like, no, I think the common denominators, everybody I've been with had an amazing talent. Like I was with a composer and then I was with, you know, an athlete. I really admire talent and brains. You pointed at me. Yes, and brains. And it, which made me feel <laughs> so good. Nice. I don't know if you're just like acknowledging <laughs> I said brains or you're <laughs> implying I have them. But I liked it no matter what. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. We are supported by Taco Bell. Oh, man. We often do two recordings a day, and we have this little nice lunch break that we enjoy, and we're always craving something really yummy. Yes, something fresh, something high quality, something like the all-new cantina chicken menu from Taco Bell, which is Mm. exactly that. Mm. It's so yummy. It has slow-roasted chicken, the pico, that purple cabbage, and an avocado verde salsa sauce. Oh, delicious. Outrageous. The new Cantina Chicken Tacos, Burrito, and Quesadilla are the perfect daytime choice. Try the new Cantina Chicken menu at Taco Bell now. We are supported by Wayfair. Home should be your happy place, a space where you can relax and just enjoy yourself, whatever that looks like for you. Whether you want the ultimate man cave, a cozy Victorian-inspired nook for reading, an area for family movie night filled with all things retro or something else. And if you need help creating that space, I recommend Wayfair. It's the place to shop for everything home, from sofas to dining tables, beds, rugs, wall art, and more. I bought a KitchenAid... Mixer? Mixer on Wayfair. You can really get anything on there. And I'm helping a friend redo his living room. And we just... You're just on Wayfair nonstop. Yep. Yeah, it's one-stop shop. It is. They have fast, free shipping. They have everything you need for your home inside and out. They have a huge selection of home goods and a variety of styles. Whatever you're into, Wayfair is the go-to destination to help bring your vision to life. Every style is welcome in the Waberhood. Visit Wayfair.com or get the Wayfair mobile app. That's W-A-Y-F-A-I-R.com. Wayfair. Every style, every home. I do think 
think age, though, makes kindness more of a— I do, too. I'm now coming to the point where I feel like that's a— quality I admire. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like when a friend tries to set you up and they're like, he's so nice. Yeah. No, thanks. Yes. Like, so he's ugly, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and my husband, thank God, is so handsome and nice. But so. I think nice, we've talked about this before, <laughs> but I think nice and kind is different. I think kind is deep within. Yeah. In your soul. Good person. Yes. You can be a sociopath and be nice. Yeah. Exactly. As part of Most your of them tech- are. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. Nice is a very superficial thing. And I think kindness is a deeper thing. I agree. Everybody asks me that. And I always say kind about my husband because it is something so deep in who he is as a human being. He's an amazing son to his mom. If my son can be half the son my Husband is to his mom. The way he speaks to his mother, Aww. he calls her every morning. He calls her every Aww. night. Oh, sees her all the time. Yeah. Oh, I me too. I'm not that way. Guilt. I'm yeah. like, mom, I talked to you last month. Why do I, I need to talk to you again? I oh know. my god. I know. But now that they're getting older, and now I'm like, I need to talk to my mom more. And he's a great sibling. He's an amazing dad. That kindness is a huge umbrella trait that yeah. leaks into so much. The way he does business with people. The yes. way he shows up in our marriage. It's yeah. All all connected. This is dicey, but I'm just going to be brutally honest. So I remember hearing that Selma Hayek had married a man and that he was the richest man in France. And then I made stupid assumptions about that. No. Oh. On her? Maybe like, of course, she got a billionaire. That's a great retirement <laughs> plan, you know? Yeah. And then I met him. Have you met I the... love Francois. Francois is so attractive yeah. and fucking appealing. <laughs> and same thing, warm yes. and generous and kind and sexy as fuck. Like in a photo when I'd see it, I was like, I'm not sure. Was around them and was like, oh, I'm so stupid. This guy's so attractive and hot. Yeah. When she tells a story too, she didn't roll over and was like, ooh, a billionaire. She no. was like, wait, so your dad's money. So you yes. have your dad's money. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But what do you do? That, yes. Like she really yeah. ran him up and down the flagpole. Yeah. She drilled him and like, okay, but what do you do? And he's like, no, I run this company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm doing it very well yes. and it's growing yes. exponentially. And she's an amazing human being. So you go, okay. There's some fun overlap with you guys. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, and all the most wonderful ways. Yeah. She's one of my favorite human beings on the planet. I like Francois because she chose him, right? Like I go, okay, that makes sense. I liked Obama because I met Michelle Obama and I go, okay, well, if you yes. chose him. That is the greatest judge of character. I'm yeah. glad you're pointing that out. I'm pretty critical of rich older dudes who get someone who's just along for the ride and is going to look pretty. I'm like, that's it for you? That's what keeps you entertained? That makes me think you're boring as fuck if you can do that. But I asked somebody that one time. I said, come on, what are you guys talking about? And he's like, we're not. (laughs) We're fucking. And he says, I don't seek that in a partner. I have that stimulation from my friends, from my business partners. He's not looking to that person to be challenged to carry that torch. I guess that's fine. But hey, if you know that, then great. I want to be very clear. I'm up for anybody who's happy. There's also people that want the role of not talking. I don't know. That's fine. Everything's fine for everybody. I just personally cannot. Me too. No. I couldn't even, are you this way at all? I could either have one night stands or I could be with you for many, many years. There's no room for the middle ground. Oh, yeah. That was probably in my youth for sure of like, are we getting married or I just know really quick if I can spend years with you or not. I can't do this thing where it's like, it's pretty obvious we're not going to be together for a while, but I'm just going to hang for six months. It's very uncomfortable. I can't do not smart. That's Monica's. I was on a couple dates. Yeah. And I'm like. It's hard when they're so pretty yeah but then it's hard to talk to but them. not even like 
there are pretty people that know how to leverage that, which makes yeah. them smart. Yeah, that's right? true. That's which true. I go, that's true. I appreciate that. You got game. You're leveraging. Like, I'm not smart, so I'm going to leverage this. And then there's guys that are pretty and don't know it and are dumb and <laughs> they don't even know how to leverage it. You know what I mean? And I'm like, look uh, what you're working with. Yeah, let's do something here. Yeah, Come on. Kind of really like your assistant. So like, let's get on the town with this shit. <laughs> that's on. a great outfit. Get that outfit yeah. out let's there. Let's get over to Starbucks or something. Stand in line for a <laughs> yeah, while. Starbucks. Go you really have not dated in I a while. I couldn't think of the name of Earth Cafe, but now I've got Ear it. Ear one. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's sure. Right. Why don't you go get a Haley Bieber <laughs> smoothie? Smoothie. <laughs> Meet somebody for yes. God's sake. Get a couple numbers. Yeah. But I do think, what is it? Youth is wasted on the young. Yes. Yeah. I love that saying. Oh, I want my 20-year-old body, but I want yeah. my 50-year-old brain. Yeah. I do want to know a little bit about Corpus Christi. You're the black sheep of the family. Yeah. I don't know what oh, yeah. the role of a fourth-born, that's a paradigm I'm not familiar with. What are you, one of what? I'm the middle of three. Oh. Big age gap. Are you middle between, child? I'm middle it? child, yeah. No, but do you have that middle? Oh, big time. What well, ones, I guess. Right, what I don't are the know. Stereotypes Isn't it like nobody's One paying attention like a, to me? Oh, for certain, I was like lost <laughs> in the shuffle and then we moved to Hollywood to get the attention I was so duly owed in my childhood. <laughs> but also kind of a peacemaker, like an oh. arbitrator between yeah. stressed out people. There was a baby and a teenager in the house. So it's oh. like, of course there was no fucking- Room for you. Yeah, yeah. understandably. Me, I was like an afterthought. So my mom would be like, oh yeah, where did you go? Which is funny because I took one of those personality tests. Is it the Enneagrams or something? Yeah. Enneagram. Oh, Enneagrams. Yes. Yeah. So there's nine personalities. Yeah. And you're all of them, but you're primarily one of them. I was like cheerleader or overachiever. Like I was in between these mm. two. Uh-huh. And it said, you probably think you're in between these two because you're an overachiever and want to be more than one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's genius. <laughs> but I'm reading this thing and it said, I self-love, I'm very independent. And I was like, yes, I am. Oh my God, I am. Yeah, yeah. Like, I really don't need your validation. I don't need attention. <laughs> I'm an actor, right? Yeah, yeah. It literally says you must have had a sick sibling <gasps> in your household. Right. Because you go, oh, wow. mom and dad's attention goes to my older sister and you can take two routes. One is, oh, why not me? I want attention. When some kids have a sibling with cancer and they go, well, I want cancer. Why does she right. get to have cancer? Yes. It's like that kind of mentality that you don't understand that you don't want that. I don't want the mental disability. I want the attention. The love. Yes. And love that yeah. she's getting. Why does she get everything? You want the focus. Right. So you could go that route or you go, oh, okay, mom and dad's busy. I'm going to self-love. And that's the route I happen to take. I don't know why. People ask me like, how did you come up with that? I didn't. It just happened. I don't know. I like this explanation a lot. If I'm understanding you correctly, the two options on the table, I think one is you're a victim. Yes. And the other one is maybe you recognize this circumstance. In my case, I think it was like, well, I go to this place for six hours a day and I seem to be very popular there. Like <laughs> I get all the attention there because I'm just loud and I make jokes. And yeah. I love it. I never felt like a victim from it. No. You are a gangster. I've only been around you a couple times. <laughs> we got to work together for a day <laughs> in New day. Mexico. I was delighted that you remembered when you walked in. Are I was like, kidding? oh, she remembers. I was so excited. I was like, I'm going to be in a Dex Shepard movie. No, <laughs> yes, I did. No, More, no, not no, a Dane no, Cook no, movie. No, no, no. Dex <laughs> Shepard <laughs> movie. And it was because my friend Jessica Simpson was in the film uh-huh. and she's like, will you come do this cameo? And I was Hi. like, oh, with Dex Shepard? With Dex Shepard? Oh, how that flattering. Has, I knew that news did not get to me until just now. <laughs> yeah. You would have thought Jessica could have passed that along no. to me. I was so excited and I was like, only one day you guys don't need me for more. You guys are like, no, it's kind of, it's just a flashback. It's like a little. <laughs> oh, I had a And very then I was cut day. out of the movie. Well, oh, no. <laughs> 
I and didn't then they cut me out of the movie. <laughs> I do want to talk about what you did direct with my dear friend, Michael Pena. Oh, yes, Chips. Isn't he fucking brilliant? That movie's amazing. Thank you. Oh, amazing. You don't Thank understand. You. The <laughs> slow-mo of the penis hitting you in the face. Like, <laughs> all of it. It's my kind of funny. That's what I always say. When people go... Do you like so-and-so? I was like, I don't like his movies. That's not my kind of funny. You oh, are my kind of funny. Wow. Michael's my kind of funny. Yes. What he is great at, and which I love, is he plays everything dead serious, yeah. which is, for me, the way comedy should always be played. 100%. Like, you should be sincere, never in on the joke, and Pena can do it all. Yeah. He's so That's just because he's so such good. a good actor. But he understands funny, too, right? Like, he also yeah. understands yeah. what he needs to do to set up the other That's guy. True. Michael and I did a dramatic movie together, very dramatic. Dramatic. I'm a comedy actress. He's mostly comedy. We show the director's like, great. I have you two. Right? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> We're like, no, we can do this. We really can. Kids, stop laughing. Stop laughing. <laughs> but he's so good. I love Michael. But that's also the era I loved. Because it wasn't a spoof, but it was like an homage to Chips. Yeah, yeah. And Eric Estrada. And he was so fun. Come on. He was so fun. But back to 05 or 06. Oh, I know for sure because I found the photos. Today. Oh, did you? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I'm going to send I'm going to show oh, them I was to you. So um, baby. This is almost this 20 Monica. years ago. First, I'm going to show Monica. Let me see this. Where oh, did you get these, by wow. the way? Wow. So it's not like we had iPhones. Listen, my very first digital wow. camera. I got to tell you the whole thing. Oh, so one. I got that movie. They paid me so much money to do that movie. I hadn't made a ton of money yet. Look at my tits. I know they're enormous wow. in this photo. But you know what? Really? It was the bra because they told me they go, we need you like va va boom. So they gave me one of those like big water. Scroll to the left or right. You're going to find more of us. Oh my God. Was it Dane look like that in that photo? <laughs> well, What's that guy's name? Greg Coolidge, the oh. director. Yes, I knew Looks that. Looks like Jess. Sure. A little bit. Far away. Yeah. Oh what a look. God. What a look. Those are rough. When I pulled them up, you looked exactly how you looked in my memory. But when I saw me, I was like, oh, Jesus, I do not want you to show these so pictures. You look so little. That is not you. I know. How weird is that? You look oh, like you look a nerdy so different. guy in high school. It's not a great hairdo for me, the character. Yeah, was the this? The bleached on and the And the comb, bangs, the, what is it, yeah. the Caesar? Caesar, yeah, not <laughs> a great George look. George Clooney. He made it famous. Were you trying to be George Clooney? Well, I was trying to be a turd. Who I play it? a douchebag in the movie, so I was oh trying to look as God. bad as I could, and I achieved my goal. <laughs> you don't look bad. You, no, just, you just don't look young. like you. Uh, right, yes, you exactly. look like a 12-year-old uh, version of yeah. you. Yeah, it's not great. It's oh, not my great. God, I love Oh, I want yeah. those. Can oh I have God. them? So, yeah, of course. I'll send those to you. You look the same. Yeah, you do. You, do. <laughs> you really you do. do. You, you do. look you exactly do. the same. I remember, you know, Dane was a big deal in that moment. You mm. were such a big deal. I was a big deal. No, you were uh, yes. a big deal. Jessica was a huge. Jessica was yes. huge. I stayed at her house when I was shooting that. In Santa Fe or in Albuquerque? I don't remember where okay. that even shot. Okay. It was in New Mexico. <laughs> we started in Santa Fe, which was lovely. No, it was definitely Albuquerque. Okay. I would have remembered Santa Fe. Well, it's lovely. It's lovely. You know, being yeah, specific. Yeah, it's yes. like Adobe's. Exactly. Yeah. Albuquerque looks like LA. <laughs> yep. I've shot two movies. I shot Flaming Hot in Albuquerque. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. I have two questions about Desperate Housewives, and then I want to talk about Flaming Hot. But okay. One is... First of all, I was on that universe a lot with Parenthood for six years. Oh yes, you were. And we I would knew like this. we did our yeah. Halloween scene on that street. Yeah. And it was all Wisteria like Lane. Yes. It's still very alive there. It's very iconic now. I see it in every movie commercial. I go, but ah, you cannot disguise that street. Yes. And now people know they know, but they don't know they know it. Yeah, it's pretty yeah, cool. It's like John Travolta, I think, has a Citibank commercial right now. And I'm like, ah, that's Wisteria Lane. Oh, you just passed my house. Yep, that's me. My curiosity now, like way after the fact, is 
the rumored gossipy stuff that no one got along, how much of it was factual and how much we would now see is just like this narrative about women that there's like no way these women could get even along. back then it was a narrative about women because there was all these shows with men on the air and nobody yeah. was like, they're yeah. fighting. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Dylan McDermott's fighting. With, like, I don't know what yeah. shows were on, but I was a baby too. Like Felicity and Marsha and Terry had all had hit shows. This was like another hit show. They had Melrose Place and Lois and Clark and Sports Night. And I remember when we were asked to be on Oprah and I was like, we're going to be on Oprah. Like I could have died that day. And all three of them were like, I've been on. (laughs) I was like, oh, I mean, okay, yeah, yeah, it's totally Like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's not a big deal. But meaning like they all had such a better handle on fame on that narrative. I'm like, you guys are saying we're fighting. They're like, well, that's just a narrative that they do on women because we're over 40 in a television show. And I was like, yeah. Ah. (laughs) I wasn't even that smart to understand that. That feels comforting. If everyone's kind of in on it, I would just think everyone shut the fuck up. Why are they saying that? Like I could imagine being hurt about it. Oh, hurt? No. Also, we were working so hard. Anything that happened outside the show, we were like, what? We could never come up for air to really get outside of ourselves. We were only on the set. you're doing, what, 24 years? 24 years for a decade, basically. And so we had six weeks off. And you'd do a movie or something. And I couldn't do a movie. I maybe did three movies, the whole Desperate Housewives. (laughs) Yours being one of them. Yeah, yeah. But- I remember that noise being outside of us. We were in such a bubble with our crew and each other. We could only talk to each other about like, doesn't this suck? You can't really complain. Right. But I remember going to, I don't know if it was me and Felicity or me and Nicolette, but we had to go to London for press because the show was a global phenomenon. I just read this. 120 million global viewers. Yeah. That's that bigger than insane. the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's That's crazy. insane. Just the United States was 30 million. There's no show on now. No, and I feel like tenth of that. we were one of the last hits out of Hitsville TV. After that, streaming came, and then that was the end of that era. But I remember going to London, and we're pulling up to our hotel, and there's fans for blocks, but like, oh, I wonder what's happening here. Is there a concert <laughs> happening? Right, and right. then we get to the hotel, and it's like, ah! I asked the driver, I was like, oh my God, who's here? Yeah. And he goes, you. <laughs> who's, who's here? No, no. I mean, is it like you too, Madonna? Is 007 inside? Somebody's in this hotel <laughs> yeah. that these people are trying to get to. And he was so confused that I was confused. Yeah. Right. Because I tell you, I didn't understand it. So all that stuff of we're fighting, even like number one show, you're amazing. Good and bad didn't penetrate because we were working and I was exhausted. We worked 18 hour days. We would have photo shoots on the weekends. The machine was just running. Yeah. And Marsha would say that every time we We'd have a hiatus and we'd come back to our first table read. She's like, plug us in because you have no control of your schedule. You can't go to the gynecologist. You can't go to the dentist. It's hard. She's like, you're plugged in for 11 months and then they unplug you and you can kind of... But people ask me that a lot. They're like, were you guys really fighting? I was like, God, I forgot that was a thing. It was a thing. It was a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I was savvy enough, though, at the time to recognize, (laughs) oh, this is what they do every time. To women. To women. And women of a certain age as well. But I remember when I hosted SNL and... Tina Fey, we spoofed it where she's like, let's spoof you guys fighting. And I was like, okay, that'd be funny. It was a thing because if it made a skit on SNL, then you know you were in pop culture. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's like the ultimate. You've arrived. Yes. Probably a blessing that you were so inundated though because that would have been so weird for you to have felt all of it, the extreme fame so fast. Yeah, also I moved to Hollywood four years. So, and I'd been working and working and working and working and I 
I touched every rung of the ladder. I was an extra. I was like, I just want to be an extra. I want to be on a set. And then I had one line. Then I had two lines. And I had five lines. And I was a co-star. It wasn't like I was spotted at Starbucks. By the time I had that audition, I was like, I'm well, the only one. Well, you had already done Young and the Restless for two or three years. Three years, or, yeah. Three years. Okay, two of my favorite things. One is, maybe this is apocryphal or it's real, but your first time on TV, was it on Beverly Hills 90210? First line. Okay, but listen, growing up, we're the same age. I yeah. fucking loved oh, 90210. You, you were in Texas watching it, and then you walked in and you were in it. With that, Luke Perry. Ooh. Is that maybe, that's about as yeah, good as Yeah, I was like, can I get. can move home now. Yes, yes. I was on 90210. With Luke Perry. With Luke Perry. I had one line. You remember it? No. I'll find it on YouTube. Oh, honey, I barely remember my name. <laughs> like he's like, is so-and-so on that plane? I go, honey, I don't even know my name or something like that. Oh, oh, so you had a little, little, little attitude. Yeah. Oh. attitude. But I remember Tori Spelling directed that episode. Oh, no kidding. I also remember, I was like, oh, you can direct. I remember actually that entering my head of like, but she's an actor and that you could be a multi-hyphenate. It's funny because that was the only thing I had done for like the whole year. And then I was asked to be in a celebrity bowling tournament or something. Me and Wilmer Valderrama. Wonderful. Yes. He's so nice and I just started that 70s show. And so we're there at this celebrity. All I have on my resume is 90210. (laughs) And the guy who introduced us, you know, introduced Wilmer. He goes, Wilmer Tagalamama. Like, couldn't even say his name. Oh, my God. And then me, he goes, and Eva Lam Gloria (laughs) from 90,210. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, oh my that's God. great. I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think it's 90210. I think people know it as 90210. Oh From 90,210, please welcome Eva Blanglorliga. I don't know why it just hit me that it's weird we say 90210 instead of 90210. Oh. Yeah. Why do we do that? Well, like, That's how do you say know. the actual, how do you say your business managers? Right, like, 90212. Because I remember 90210. I don't live at my business manager. So the only way I actually remember that zip code is from the show. From and the I show. just go, oh, yeah. it's By the way, the I'll be in London and they need my billing address. And I go, blah, 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 blah 90212. They go, oh, 90210. Like, even yeah. they, yeah. like, it's not just an <laughs> American yeah. thing. It's a global thing. Yes. But, yeah, so that was my first speaking role. And I was very excited about it. The other thing I've had a few guests on that have done soap operas, the notion of shooting 30 pages a day or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. is so funny to me. What is it like? Hard. For the rest of your career, at least you can memorize dialogue. Oh, like, no I'm so good at dialogue. People Do you get think because surprised. of that? Oh yeah, 100%. Although you cannot say being on a soap is a great training ground because they get very offended. Okay, like, and I don't mean uh, <laughs> No, I'm, I'm sparing you the cancellation uh, okay, from, from daytime fans. <laughs> uh-huh. But I will say, I think I started with the hardest genre. Yes. Not just because of 30 pages a day, because the acting required to deliver that much dialogue and scenes and work daily. You're going to cry. Now you're going to go have sex, but now you're going to go slap this person. People are like, oh my God, it's so silly. It's not. It's so hard. And so then I went from that to Desperate Housewives, which was, oh, we're doing three pages today? Like what? Walk in the park. To doing sitcom, I feel like I did start. Daytime television is the hardest genre you can do. It takes really talented people to stay in it. Absolutely. The endurance of it. The endurance and the blocking and the speed. We're going to block here. You're going to go there. Okay, are we ready? Five, four, three. Wow. I would argue you as well, and again, I'm on thin ice here, potentially be offensive what I'm about to say, but I think it's true that those programs 
the star of the show is the show above all other genres. Yeah. What I mean by that is you're going to have to do some things that are kind of crazy that if you were in a drama with fucking whoever directing and you had days, you'd go like, man, I just don't relate to this. And you'd have to figure out how you relate to it and find a way in. But this it's coming so hot and fast yeah. that I think you could learn to just commit. And that's a valuable skill to learn. Like, I'm not gonna connect with double-crossing my best friend to murder her husband and, you know, I don't even know where to find purchase with that, but I can fucking commit. And yeah. I feel like that's a really good skill to pick up early yeah. on. Not only that, divas of daytime are men. Oh, interesting. Mm, no, interesting. Really? This is stereotypical if there are such things as divas, but they're like, oh, divas of primetime are women, but divas of daytime are men. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, they're the ones that are like, where's my coffee? Oh, Okay, a lot of cool things about that show. Again, I didn't know about 120 million global viewers. Also, most episodes of a female lead cast ever. No. When you guys ended, you had beat Charmed for the very most amount of episodes ever done with a female cast. Wow. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, I love Charmed. I think. Yeah, me too. I think that's amazing. And how many are there? There aren't that <laughs> the many. Most of how many? There, of the only. Yeah. Like, but 180 look, episodes is a ton. No, it's so, incredible. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's more of a comment on society. But when you say it too, Desperados was amazing. And I, I'm so thankful and grateful for it. But I refused to believe that my greatest success is behind me. Right. Like when you say that, when you go, look at this, you did yeah, this yeah, so yeah. long ago. And I was like, right, but wait till you see what I'm doing next. And yeah. I don't know what it is, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> also how you measure Although, success changes too. But I hear those things and I don't know though. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, did we do 180? This is, a very, this is a very interesting potential rivulet for us to put our boats in. Okay. So for me, I came out on punk it was a, quote, reality show. When I started doing movies and stuff, the interviewers would always go like, well, what's it like to act now? And I was always so offended by that. I'm like, well, the highest form of acting was me convincing these people this thing yes. really happened. You know, I was so defensive. And also reality show, reality show. Oh, he's a reality show guy who got to do blah, blah, blah. I ran from that show, embarrassingly so, because I love Kutcher and it gave me everything. I bet maybe four or five years ago, I started going, fucking A, I'm proud that I was on that show. Like that was hard. We launched it. I did a good job. I'm fucking proud. But it took me 15 years away from it to wow. actually be able Reflect. to be grateful and proud. I'm wondering for you what the experience is. Because, yeah. again, yeah, punk always comes up for me. That's so long ago. Idiocracy yeah. is so long ago. Oh, I love Idiocracy. But these things. Yeah, what I loved that They movie. have this weird life of their own, right? Where it's like for a while you just want to shut the fuck up about it. I don't want to hear about it. No, I've never been that way. I love being called Gabby in an airport. Okay. But I have a friend of mine, a Maori, who was on prison break. And he played Sucre. So we'll be, you know, in London or Paris. People go, Sucre. And he goes, oh, ugh. And I go, You've got to be grateful that they know who that is, that they know who you are. He's turned a corner and now he likes it. Like he's like, you know what? It is nice. But I've always been that way. I've always been so grateful when people go, there's going to be a reboot. And I was like, I hope so. I'll be the first one to show up. I'm already on Mysterio Lane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was grateful in the moment. I was like, you guys, isn't this cool? There's Good. fucking tuna That's sandwiches right. at Crafty <laughs> yeah, yeah. that somebody's making. Yeah. Like they didn't come pre-wrapped. Fresh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that comes from being the extra and then the co-star. You tasted every piece of it. Yeah. I was just happy to work. Didn't you also, you got your master's during this period? During Desperate Housewives, yes. Chicano Studies Chicano master's? Studies. How on earth knowing the schedule we just heard? Well, this was in year six, maybe. So we were kind of a well-oiled machine. We still worked 18-hour days, but I was like, I have to do night school Tuesdays and Thursdays. So I would do night school Okay. during Desperate Housewives. And I'd drive out to Northridge. And what was it like to be on that show at its height and then rolling into class? Oh, let me tell were you. Were people so fucked up? Yeah. Well, I felt like the alien. I wasn't the novelty. It was like they were all 22-year-olds 
so fresh in their academic journey. They were like, we should lay Oedipus theory upon this and let's see what happens. And I'm like, what is Oedipus theory? Because it was so fresh for them and yeah. so far for me. You know, I was only 30-something. I was still young, but I remember feeling old. And they were so smart. You were 33 when you graduated. Uh, 30, let's see, 75, 25. 38 when you graduated. So you probably started at 35, 35? your master's. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I was like, I was so young. I was your age. And I loved it, though. But I I didn't mean to get my master's. I you accidentally didn't. got my master's. In the sense of, like, I wanted to learn more about my political activism. And so I was like, but why is it that? Or what happened with the immigration policies? A friend of mine gave me a book, and I read the book called Occupied America. And it was like, oh, my God. And I look in the back. So I was like, I would love to meet this author. I just want to call and have coffee with him. And he was at Northridge. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go sit and have coffee with him. And he convinced me to take like Chicano 101. Uh He was like, just take like a basis overview of what this discipline is. And I was like, okay, great. Took that. I loved it. Then he's like, you should take this other class. It's Chicano feminism. And I was like, oh, my God, yes. And so I took that class. And then I took another class. And finally, the college was like, you must enroll. <laughs> okay. They're like, enough of this. Wow. You can't just keep taking Yeah, stop classes. flirting with us. You yeah. got to ask us out. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, my God. And then I had to take the master's test. What is it? The GMAT? I don't remember what it was. Yeah, to get in. To get into to a master's. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. All of it was like gone from my brain. And I had to read. Because you already it. had a degree I'm in really uh, kinesiology. Just really quick. What was your goal when you majored in? I wanted to be a physical therapist. My dream was to work for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I wanted to be a sports trainer. Cut to like my college year. And I'm just taping ankles at college for football players. And I was like, I don't know if this is what I imagine and never used it since. Do you think though that that base knowledge as you've lived through every conceivable fad of working out, having an actual scientific knowledge of how the body moves, you could go, "Mm, that's bullshit. Or yeah, that doesn't work for my body. I was a trainer. I was an aerobics instructor in college. Like I had 18 jobs. I definitely benefits me with as you get older my hips are tight or you know whatever it is it definitely comes in what is your primary exercise weight training oh i hear you heavy weights heavy and weights. then i bounce do you read peter atia's book outlive no i know who he is okay yeah, yeah great book um, i'm into the cold plunging same yeah love it i know you're just you awake all day yeah you're just like this. Hi. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. <laughs> also, it clears your thinking up in yeah. three minutes. Did you read Iceman? I read Iceman. I didn't read Iceman. Ooh. I'm into biohacking. You like Huberman? I love Huberman. Sure. Oh, my God. I love his podcast. I love Gary from 10X. I listen oh, I to him a lot. He's 10X. like another great biohacker. My thing is not about getting old. We're all going to get old. I don't want to age badly. I want to be agile. I want to get up. I want to play with my kids. I want my joints not to hurt. I don't care if I have a wrinkle. That's not what I'm trying to hack into. I'm trying to hack into being efficient. Having the lifestyle you want to have. Right. I want to travel. I want to climb a pyramid. So you'll love the Atiyah book. He starts with all of his patients by saying, what do you want to do in the last 10 years of your life? So let's list those goals. Doesn't matter. Whatever your goals are, yeah, there's no hierarchy. Or right. whatever, yeah. Could be walk for three miles on the beach with your grandkids. And then he breaks down how much VO2 max you need for that, how much strength you need to do that. And then you work backwards. You go, okay, well, you decline 8% a decade. So if you want to be able to have this oxygen output with this amount of strength, then today you have to be able to deadlift twice your weight and have grip strength of this. Yeah. Are you weight training mostly? Yeah, I love it. I love it He says specifically for women, we should be weight training. Because of osteoporosis. 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 Because of osteoporos
heavyweight, like Pilates for 10 years, great maintenance. But also the very common chronic diseases that women will get, osteoporosis yeah. being one of them, the very best solution to that is heavyweight training. Yeah. yeah. I used to be a runner and I would have bad knees and my trainer's like, we got to strengthen your quads. And so once I just started doing heavy lifting, my quads strengthened, yeah. my knee problem went away. Exact same. I was like, what? And lower back. No body issues now that I... Yeah. Specifically I have legs. now, which is yeah. crazy. Oh, we'll congratulations. Away. From Thanks. your pickleball? From my paddle. <laughs> <laughs> From my paddle tennis. Okay. Stay tuned for more Armchair Expert, if you dare. So we're in an interesting situation, and we can cut this part out, but you know, what? this might shock you. What? We are in you, you are that? not your father's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some updated info from Gates. Dr. Springer, Jerry Springer. <laughs> Bring him in, Rob. <laughs> the most Mexican-looking dude you've ever seen rolls in. <laughs> Poncho on and the whole nine. <laughs> it's Eric Estrada. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's Estrada. We interviewed Richard when the story came out, the Flamin' Hot story. Oh, Richard Montañez. Yes. Yeah. I was afraid to pronounce his last name incorrectly. In <laughs> you front can of say Montañez. 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 I can say that Montañez. Mon, like a... Montañez. 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 Yeah. Okay, Richard Montañez. So we interviewed him. Years ago. You did? Here? Yes. It was over it Zoom. It was over Zoom. It must okay. have been maybe COVID-y. And we loved him. He's great. He's such a sweet person. And his story is so interesting aside from the- From the Cheetos. Yes. Yes. How he grew up in the fucking yes. Riverside area. Almost the day after we recorded with him, there was this LA Times piece that his story wasn't potentially true. And we were just like really stuck between, we didn't know what to do. Like yeah. we loved this guy, but we didn't know, like this LA Times is saying that's not true. And we yeah. didn't know what to do. And it's one of the only episodes we didn't ever air. We didn't. And I would say if it had been now, we would have aired it. Yeah. Knowing us. I think we would have aired it and then maybe at the intro said, this hey, thing exists. this exists. We don't really know anything else, but we loved this person in this interview. But then we were like, oh, maybe we should wait and see if it is true or it we isn't true. And then we never got more We would be some info. resolution. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so it's always like, we'll release it when we have Well, there that. was though. Pepsi put out a statement. Okay, can you what clarify? They, yeah, because, yeah, you know, Pepsi owns Frito-Lay and this chemist had come out saying, he didn't invent Flaming Hot. I did. And we're like, right, that can also be true. In his book and in the movie, we never say he's the food chemist that worked in a food lab and mixed yeah. maltodextrin right. with glucomacus and, uh -huh. and the exactly. whatever else is in that. But his story and journey, the Flaming Hot Cheeto in his life is like the least interesting thing about him. His book is really great. He shouldn't be alive, <laughs> right. much less successful. He's an incredibly impressive person. Yeah. And he's not educated and he's right. super smart and he's so funny and witty and he's super scary and tatted <laughs> all up and like gangbanger could shank you. All he's the things. so complex. And he always says it. He goes, I'm the smartest uneducated bottle you'll ever meet because he's <laughs> really smart, but you can tell he's not educated. And so I remember I got sent the script 
And it read kind of like a documentary. It was like, he did this, he did this. And I cried four times. Oh my God, there's a story here. And then I went down a rabbit hole of his YouTube videos because he's a motivational speaker now and he does TED Talks. Yeah. He worked at Pepsi for 40 years. So when the LA Times article came out, I'm like, you don't work at a company for 40 years and somebody debunks your entire legacy there. He's in training videos. Pepsi flew him all over the world to tell his story. Within the week, Pepsi came out and said, we value Richard 1000%. Obviously a product is made of teams of people. I was trying to read between the lines and just go like, are they taking this position so they don't owe him $1 billion? That's very conceivable. They they don't owe the other person a billion dollars. They they don't don't owe anybody. anybody. Yeah, they're like, we don't want to get sued. Everything was to be risk adverse. What seemed like when I was making a case for it has to be true is he wouldn't have climbed the ladder there. But that's something very significant happening. An executive at PepsiCo. And just retired two years ago. We were prepping the movie. He was still working. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Okay, so really quick, because we didn't release the episode, and you now should I'm, I'm talking. It now. Yeah. We might need to talk maybe. about it. Yeah, 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 maybe we will. But it's an incredible story. Because it's an incredible story. It's about this guy who's been caught in the cycle of poverty his whole life. His grandpa was a gangbanger, his dad's a gangbanger, he's a gangbanger. He was dealing drugs since he was eight and then used at 12, literally later in life. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Judy. But he was just so impressive, and I wanted to put the movie in his voice. And his perspective, and that really gave us so much creative liberty because the whole movie is his perspective. There's fantasy sequences. He told me a story. He's like, man, I remember I was mopping and a guy spit his gum right in front of my mop just on the floor. Little did that guy know I could kill him with my hands right now. He goes, but I didn't. I had to mind my gangster. So when we're writing the film and I go, but what if you did kick his ass in the movie? Like in your head. Yeah. And so a lot of the movies, like what he his thought happened fantasies. in his head. And it was in the 70s and 80s. So Frito-Lay at the time was also different companies. There was West Coast Frito-Lay and Midwest Frito-Lay. And so they had a product in the Midwest that they were working on, a spicy potato chip. And then at the same time, Richard was over here saying, you should pay attention to the Hispanic market. So his gift wasn't that he did the recipe. His gift was that he is known as the godfather of Latino marketing. He was the first person in corporate America to go, maybe you should market differently to Hispanics than you do to black people, than you do to white people. That position of multicultural marketing, Pepsi and Frito-Lay was the first company to have that position. Which is very late. Yeah. And they were like, what? And so that's what his genius was, his grassroots marketing, his ability to use his Mexicanness as his superpower of like, I know what my people like. I'm telling you, if we offer a product for them, for us, we'd yeah. show up. We'd give you our money. And that's what the movie is about. Be seen. We matter too. And what happens when opportunity is not distributed equally? Everybody's talented. You can be talented. You can be talented. But do you get the opportunity? Do we have the infrastructure of opportunity? In every neighborhood, in every culture. No, we don't. And so his whole life, people told him, no, that job is not for you. And no, 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 that opportunity isn't for somebody who looks like you or sounds like you. And he dared to ask, why not me? Why can't a good idea come from somebody who looks like me and sounds like me? Yeah. It reminds me too of Salma's story when she came from Mexico and she was like, why aren't they putting us as stars and things? We're a huge percentage of the population and we show up for each other. How are they missing this as a business? Fuck my own philanthropic desire and social justice desire. Just as business people, you guys are really asleep on this. Yeah. It's not a moral imperative. Right. You're bad (laughs) business folk. Yeah. It's an economic imperative. Yeah. Watch it with your kids. They will love it. Oh, wonderful. I can watch it with my kids. Do they eat Flaming Hot Cheetos? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So they'll love it. I don't trust anyone who doesn't like Flaming Hot Cheetos. (laughs) By the way, the first time I ate a regular Cheeto, 
I thought something was wrong with my bag. I was like, <laughs> I got a dud. <laughs> I got a dud. And my friend was like, that's regular. And I go, they make regular? <laughs> no flavor? I had no idea why they would make anything but a Oh, that's wonderful. Tortilla. My best friend, Aaron Weekly, he was eating them so much that in his work truck, he had a box of rubber surgical gloves. Oh, yeah. And he would put them on yeah. to eat his flame and yeah. while he drove because his fingers were perpetually orange. Well, you'll love the movie. There's a beat about that. But it's so good. You won the South by Southwest Audience yeah. Award. Yeah. That's so Amazing. great. And we won a lot of things. Yeah. And it's described as very Rocky-esque story. It is. And also, tonally, you'll get it because it was hard to nail this tone. I didn't want to do a movie about the Flaming Hot Cheeto. That does not interest me. I don't think it's going to interest anybody else, but I want to do a story about this guy. This man is so interesting. So I knew it had a lot of heart, but it's super funny. It's a comedy with heart. So tonally, it's its own animal. But he was around, came a couple of times. His grandkids are in the movie. Mm. Towards the end, we were shooting the ending scene where there's this applauding happening at the factory. And he was behind the monitors. Him and Judy were back there and he just has his head down and he's crying. Mm. And Judy's rubbing his back. And I was like, are you okay? Is he okay? And she goes... This part never happened. And that's what he was oh. crying about. Oh, he didn't get he that. Never got Nobody ever said thank you. Ugh. And I said, well, this is the ending he deserves. So he loves the film. And Yay. it's a love story also. In the heart of the movie is a love story between him and Judy, who grew up together. They were dealing drugs so young. And her house was like the drug house. That's where people would go. Money would be exchanged. And then I remember sitting, too, with him early on when we were writing the script and I said, so tell me, why did you choose to be in a gang? <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at me like I had two heads. Right, yeah. like a choice was made. When you got to the fork in the road and right. said, uni this way, yeah. gang goes, life this way. You don't choose this life. It's like survival. If you're not with it, you're dead. Yeah. And I was like, that was a dumb question. <laughs> Next one. And uh, How did you get so handsome? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get this back on a positive Oh, my track. God. I was like, yeah. So it is about that. We humanized a lot of issues that my community faces, Mexican-Americanism and with stereotypes. And we push back on those in the film. Yeah. That's really cool. There's not the wave of support to recognize Latinos that there is with other groups. There's not. In fact, there was a study where yeah. they did Last the week. movies from 2003 to 17, something like that, the top movies, and there's been almost zero growth. Zero growth in what we're representation. making. Representation. And representation. Mm -hmm. Huge growth in, in population and market. We're the biggest movie-going audience by far. We're like 29% of ticket buyers. No shit. Yeah, so we way over-index. Isn't that so crazy? The black audience is also very, very movie-going, and we've known that forever. So you have these two groups of people that love going to the movies, yeah. and they get served the least amount of movies. Yeah, they don't see themselves reflected back on screen, for sure. And not only that, it's not about putting a Latino in a movie. It's not about putting a Latino in Marvel. It should be stories from our perspective. Yes. Stories told by us and not for us, but by us for everyone. Yes. Yes. You know, and that's what Flaming Hot is. Hip hop is their story, but guess what? We all love it. Not only do we love it, we need it. Yeah. We actually need it as a society to understand what's going on around us in other cultures. Otherwise, we're just in our bubbles. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing about representation is when people see us on screen, it educates them about our community. Oh, that's how they are. And if all they see is negative portrayals and they're gonna be like, oh, those people are dangerous. But more importantly, it teaches our own community about us. That's the dangerous part is if we only see ourselves as a narco or as a drug dealer, on screen, we're like, okay, so that's all I can be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the choice that he's saying I didn't have. Yeah. 
likewise, I've talked about this a bunch with Pena. Pena's like, he played drug dealer number eight, then he made up to drug dealer number seven, and his whole career was hoping <laughs> to get to drug dealer number one or kingpin, right? That's a reality for him in 95 coming to the city to act. That was what the trajectory was if you were lucky. Yeah. Did you meet Michael on the movie? Seems like you guys would have so much in common. I had met him once or twice around. I remember though, I basically asked him to go to lunch with me and I told him I'm making this movie and I told him I pitched it with him already attached, which is <laughs> true. I knew he had to be Ponch from the get. And then I just had to woo him. Like I had to really win him over. So you had directed 13 episodes of television at the point you did the feature. Did that make you feel super confident going in the feature? Or oh, do yeah. you feel like it was its own new animal? No, no. Especially the ambitious schedule we had on Flaming Hot. Thank God I was a TV director. How many days did you have? You 30. You 30 gotta days. Go. You gotta go. 108 sets. Wow. I don't know how many locations. It's all locations. We only did locations. And so the speed in which we shot, I don't think anybody who's like, I'm a film director. Where's second unit. It was like, second yeah. unit. <laughs> this is it. Yes. This yeah. is the unit. Yeah. There's a unit. You're talking to yes. the unit. And so I do well too under pressure and scrappiness. Like you got two walls, the sun's going down, we got one camera and we only have this much left on the card and go. You're like, great. I want to figure it out. I love that. And I think it produces magic. Okay. I wonder if you have this, which is if I'm somewhere as an actor, I want to get out of there. Yep. If I'm there as a director, I wish the day had 45 hours in it. Oh, no, I'm, like, I'm the and same. I'm, I want to go home. And you still want to go home as a director, yeah, too. Yeah. Now, look, I'm not one that does a trillion takes, but I love doing this shit, and I want at a scene. I'm so energized by directing. I'm not super energized by acting. Yeah. I guess that's my Definitely question. Definitely energized is directing, and I want to cover things, and I need an insert, and I need to get this real quick, because I know the edit in my head. Yes. I really see it. I'm not one of like, let's figure it out in the edit. I know what I need, and I know what I don't. That's why I'm quick to get out is because I'm like, we don't need that. You yes, know, this will never make the edit. Should you get outside and maybe an exterior? Nope, I'm not going to use it. I don't want to be out there. Emotionally, I don't want to be outside of this house. So why would I shoot outside of this house? And once in a while, because I do rule my sets with best idea wins. So I'm not like, no, if somebody says, what about this or that? And if it goes to my vision, I'm like, great idea. Let's shoot it. Let's yeah. do that. But for the most part, I know what I need and I know what I don't. You're not very indulgent in a great way. Yes, which I feel like a lot of these films today, these directors. Yes, I know. You're watching like a 46 second crane shot and you're like, this stopped being interesting 25 seconds ago, but you are in love with the shot and we got to see the whole thing. Also, what I think is great about directing is it's almost an endless game where there's a problem every 15 (laughs) Ah, minutes and you get to solve it. So like if you're a decisive person who loves making decisions and I love that, in fact, it's more fun when you find out, oh, I wanted to do these nine things. We're only going to get to do four. I got to prioritize right now. I like even that part. I love that part. (laughs) The first couple of times I was directing, I was like, Jesus, if one person comes and asks me a question, (gasps) like I was exhausted by Uh people. And then a director's like, literally, that is your job. (laughs) (laughs) To be asked questions. To be asked questions and decide. Finally, I did. They're like, like tea right. cup or a mug mug. I don't need to discuss this. Red or blue? blue. Saucer or tea plate? Nip. It. <laughs> don't bring me that. <laughs> but with Fleming Hot, my entire crew that was with me, they were like, you're the most decisive director. All of them. My uh-huh. sound guy. Everybody was like, wow, you really know what you want. And I said, I do. And I don't know if I'll have that clarity on every movie. Right. It was this particular movie that I knew that was no and this is yes. And if I didn't know it, 
I am so comfortable with, let's have 12 brains on this. There's a shot in the movie of a time lapse and we couldn't figure it out in the sense of like, I don't want it to be 10 years later in a Chiron. I want to see those 10 years. I want to see this happen. I want to use these kind of graphics. What is that camera move? And we would all just sit and think and my DP would show me things and then his DP group would send us things. I was like, no, that's not it. I knew what it wasn't. Like in my head, I was like, that's not it. He would show me something or he goes, what about if we did this lens? I go, put it on. I need to see. Yeah. I don't abstractly know what you're talking about. Yes. But show me. Shoot that thing right there and show me what you're going to do. And he would do it and I go, no, it's not that. And then finally we land and I love it. Film critics who watch the thing, they're like, that time lapse. And I go, right? We yeah. worked so hard on it. Yeah. So what are you going to drag next? I don't know. I'm reading now. You are. I'm reading everything. But you must get this too. People go, what was the hardest thing for you becoming actor, director? Was it like, you're so pretty or you're a woman or, <laughs> you know, what was my obstacle? And I was like, that I'm a dumb actor because I think everybody goes, well, all actors can direct. No, 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 no. Yeah, a lot of people aren't in a great way. Some of the best actors I've ever seen, they're not interested at all in how the sausage is being made. I'm just insanely curious. I'm like, what's that machine do? Me too. What's a 17 versus a 35? I feel safer if I know how everything works, Me maybe. Me too. Me too. I'm super curious. I was curious when I was an extra. When I was on set and extra, I go, what's checking the gate? What does that mean? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, the film. And I go, what is it? And they're like, can somebody take this extra back to holding? <laughs> yeah, give them a film 101 class. <laughs> <laughs> we need to cross me. I want to do it. They go, oh, could you come closer? I go, why? What does that do? If I get closer to you, what does that do? None of your business. Just yeah, get closer. Up, you extra. Yeah. You're so extra, extra. <laughs> I was the annoying extra. But I did use Desperate Housewives as my film school. And that I was able to really learn lenses and learn lighting. And Mark Cherry was my mentor in comedy and comedy directing. And he goes, don't move on the joke. Say the joke and go or go and say the joke, but don't. Just say the joke on the movie. He had all these rules that I've carried with me. A lot of people who watch the movie go, I totally see Desperate Eyes in your film. And I was like, really? Wow. Which is the greatest compliment yeah. ever. Well, Eva, I loved you. You loved me then. 18 years ago, <laughs> 17 years ago, and I love you today. You're so fun. <laughs> yeah, you. very fun. Thank you, guys. I can very much see you as a director. It's very obvious. It feels like I'd it. feel very safe in yes. your hands. Like you said, the clarity and the decisiveness, like great. That's all you really want. Someone yes. is just like, uh, let's try. It's like, oh my God, will I ever leave? Yeah. It's scary. I feel that way with photographers too when I have to go do a photo shoot and they're like, I don't know if we have it. I was like, oh you don't. <laughs> you don't know. Like you don't know yet. We yeah. had it for the first five clicks. It's yeah. Like, click, click, click. That one felt great. That yeah. one feels great. Should we do it again? But maybe this time smirk instead of smut? Oh. Maybe. No. And I'm like, I think you got it. I don't like anybody that's not secure in their craft. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Photo shoots are my number one most hated thing of the entire experience yeah. of show business. <laughs> and it's so bad that I now start them by saying to everyone, I'm sorry, you're going to see me at my worst. I'm insecure. I don't want to be in any photos. And so to do hundreds of them, it's just going to bring out my worst. And I just am apologizing ahead of time. I don't know what else to do. I can't, well, I can't get myself to enjoy guys. it. I remember Tom Cruise was on the cover of something and it was like water and rain and his hair and he looked great. <laughs> yeah. And somebody goes, that was one shot. He goes, pour the water. And they go, and they go, click. And it was like cover of GQ, <laughs> oh, right? God. Like I was like, that is amazing. That photo is amazing. They go, it was one shot or something like that. And I said, yeah, why would a guy stand there going, pour more water? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't make my hair move in a different way yes. with more fans. For me, I'm like, hang on, do it again, do it again, because my arms are better like this. How's right? my arm? Okay, do it again, do it again. Yeah, how's this <laughs> look right here? Yeah. But I can't imagine it for guys. But photos in particular, not my favorite either. Yeah. 
now I know why people go, oh, they're such divas, they're requesting their own photographer. And I'm like, mm. yeah, because he'll get it in four minutes. And yeah. I know that's the difference between an hour and four hours. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big difference. It's a big difference makes- in my life. And when the world is picking apart the picture yeah. and will post stuff and say stuff, yeah, you want to trust you. Yeah. Yeah. But Tony Shalhoub's in my film. You're going to love him. Was it so fun to direct him? Yeah. But he was completely that. He trusted me completely. And I'd never met him before. Spoke to him on the phone a couple of times. He came in the last three days because he has not a lot to shoot. And he had hard stuff to do. You'll see in the movie. Funny stuff. But he did the scene and we're laughing behind the camera. And I come out and and he goes, how was it? I go, it was great. And he goes, what am I saying? <laughs> and I was laughing so I was like he just said what he said in Spanish because he trusted me yes. I trust yes. this is going to be good right. and it's the two right. best scenes of the movie are these scenes he did and just his complete trust it melted my heart I was like I can't believe you trust me Yeah, <laughs> you just nailed exactly what it is the amount of gratitude as a director you have when you have something and they go beyond what you had ever dreamed of and then you throw things at them and then they're making that better than was in your head the gratitude you have and then also knowing they're fucking trusting me i'm yelling out to this person say blah blah, blah that's crazy and when they do it there's something very special yeah. about but i feel that trust. about the prop guy like he brought me two different props and one was just so funny that i had <sighs> never thought of and i go you made that so much better People love being validated and applauded. And I felt like that with my production designers. I go, I don't know what it is, but it needs to feel like this. And they go, oh, this. I go, yeah. Yeah. Or the camera, I go, I need to go zoop. And then it stops on the line. So what is the zoop lens? Right, right. right? And they go, oh, you want to hide the zoom and the push? Sure. Let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Sounds amazing. Show it to me. (laughs) (laughs) The whole filmmaking process is trust. It's like a whole big trust fall. Yes. You wonder how these directors who are monsters, but they get great movies. It's kind of disheartening to me. Every time I hear one of these stories about like a miserable experience and then it was great. I'm like, I don't have it in me to make it miserable. (laughs) I know. I agree. Or I think that with actors when bad behavior is rewarded. Yeah. And they just keep getting bigger and bigger as a star. And I'm like, but you know I what happens? Asshole? We've seen it. It works until it doesn't, until you have your failure, which we all have. It's impossible to navigate this without having failures. You don't get a second chance. That's the only justice that kind of exists in our world, which is these people who are infamously assholes. As soon as they're on a downward slope, there's no goodwill. They don't ever come back. Yeah. It kind of catches up with you unless you are magic and you never have a failure, which seems impossible. Yeah. Your kindness Kindness. will carry you through those bad times. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. It was really, really fun seeing you. It almost makes me sad that I haven't seen you. I know. It makes me sad that we're not friends. I know. Me too. And you will. Let's exchange numbers and we'll be friends. I'll blow you up. Yeah. And I'm going to send you those great pictures (laughs) of myself. I'm going to cut myself out of them and then send them to you. Stick around for the fact check because they're human, they make lots of mistakes. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How was your thanks friends give up? Great. It was. Did you get all the meals cooked in time? I did, but the, I had a big panic. Oh, tell me. So I, I love a panic. I know. I got home at four was the cook time to start. Uh-huh. And that's for an eight o'clock eating. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. um, the turkey had to cook for three hours and I had to bump the time up for the stuffing to go in. Right. And the mashed potato. 
it's the potato. Potatoes. Baked. Potatoes. Potatoes. And, you know, I had watched this Thanksgiving special so many times. Mm-hmm. And How many times is so many times? A lot. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so Three? Yeah, I mean, I also had to rewatch parts. You're ducking in and out of it for yeah. certain areas. Okay. Yeah. Allison had said on the video multiple times, I th- I think, the turkey <laughs> think. the turkey cooks for three hours. Mm-hmm. You take the foil off for the last hour. Okay, get that crispy skin on yes. top. Yeah. But I thought she meant the last hour of the three. But she meant three covered, one uncovered. Yes. Oh. So when I got home and I was reading the recipe, I panicked. Right. I was like, what are we going to do? Eat at nine? Yeah. Like adding another hour? I can't. No. So I didn't know what to do. And then luckily, I have her phone number. Oh, wow. I know. What a hack. I. It's so lucky. It's so special and lucky. So you gave her a shout out? I said, help. Okay. You gave her a help. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And I said, I hate myself for bothering you, but I am so scared right now. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Like she's a doctor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Help. I know I should have made an appointment, but I'm really struggling. (laughs) And what did she have to say? She helped me out. What'd she say? She said. Knock up the heat a little bit? Yep. She said I could bump the heat. And then she asked how big the turkey was. And I said, well, I did quarters because that was her, that's her recipe. And she was like, oh, you did quarters. Okay. Actually, it's okay. You won't need that extra hour. Oh, wonderful. And she told me exactly what to do and then add the stuffing at this time. Then you take it out. And it's really helpful. Thank God. Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Allison. And congratulations on getting married. Yes, just found this out. (laughs) (laughs) So exciting. She finally did it. She did it. Um, I just met a, a girl for coffee and- Oh my God, you've already been on an errand? Yeah. What on earth? I know. And- What was it for? Um, Another date? <laughs> no, Sally knows her. And it was just like a connection thing. She wanted to ask me some questions, but really we just chatted. She was really sweet, but the uh, she knows Allison's husband. Ding, ding, ding. Congratulations, Allison. I know. <laughs> What's I the know. husband do? I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> knows her though. Knows her. He has friends. It was just a sim moment. Yeah, I'll say. Ding, 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 duck, duck, goose. I like that. Do you think you guys are going on a second date? <sighs> I have so many second dates. I know. <laughs> hard to schedule. It's getting impacted. It's an impacted major. You're an impacted major. It's so interesting doing this. Doing dating? Yeah. 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 Doing dating is weird. <laughs> And especially That'd be a good show for somebody. Doing dating. You can have that, yeah. Doing dating. No, it's you a, can't have it. Okay, it's ours. We'll see you. <laughs> yeah. Well, cease and desist. We're keeping it for now. Yeah. <laughs> Until uh. it gets dusty. <laughs> then you can have it. Are your evenings mixed with texting back and forth with two different people and then trying to keep it straight? No, no. No? No, it's not that. It's more that it's really... Hard to not compare. Yes, of course. Of and course. the comparisons go Make back. Make both persons go down? Well, this girl that I was just having this breakfast with. with, she was asking me how I felt about do- doing that. And yeah. she said she personally doesn't like it because she feels like together they're one of, person. Of course, yes. Together yes. it's perfect, yeah. but. Well, also like. Someone inevitably has a quality you really like. Yeah. 
and you're aware of that the other person doesn't have that. Whereas yes. you wouldn't be aware of that. You exactly. would just kind of be into whatever quality you liked of theirs. Exactly. Wild ride. How many dates did you go on with Kristen before you decided you were going to be exclusive with her? Well, this is well known, but it accelerated a little faster than I was comfortable with because I was seeing other people. Other person, mm -hmm. not other people, but other person. Other row makers. <laughs> and um, it was virtually at the same time that I met both. Yeah. And then I didn't not pick Kristen. It just had gotten to a point where I could tell she thought we were exclusive. Right. To which I had to say, like, I'm not at the same spot. Yeah. That was. Yeah. How many dates in? Well, that was probably. Two months into and but you guys hung out a lot. A lot, yeah, a couple days a week. How are you doing that? How are you doing a couple days a week and then how many days with yeah, the row? Of, a couple of days. Wow, you're busy. See, I don't have that kind of time. I'm trying to think. Or yeah, I'm, I was unemployed. Yeah, I was promoting a movie. Uh, Baby <laughs> Mama was about to come out. Right. That's it. I was. I, but I like, you'd have like a lunch. Would you have like a lunch with one and a dinner with another? Um, I don't. <laughs> I don't think like breakfast that. and dinner. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I'm curious. Dinner with one and breakfast with a different one. Uh, what if you had to leave? What if you guys had sex and then you slept over and then you left to and go to breakfast sex. with the other? Oh yeah, yeah. That's you did that. No, I'm not saying I did. I, it's 16 years ago. I can't actually truly. Why? <laughs> Why? So anywho, wait. So you went on lots of dates. Yeah. With both before you made that decision. Or you're saying- Well, what's interesting is it would appear that I had picked one over the other, but I didn't. I just felt really unethical about acting like I was exclusive. And I say, well, I'm not there. Yeah, you said and that. And I feel like we probably need to slow down, which was in essence a breakup. Yeah. But it's not because I was like, oh, now I'm, you know, I've chosen. It's just this person doesn't feel like they're there. I have no ethical dilemma about this one person, this other person I have. Kristen, the, you felt like- was all in, come all in uh -huh. and you weren't. And so you had to tell her. It was her. just really quick. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and you had to tell her. And I had just gotten out of a very intense, too intense relationship. And then so it just escalated kind of quicker than I was. Anticipating. Yeah. How'd you end up back there? It, now that it was basically like, it feels like I've picked this person. I was like, this isn't my pick. Mm. And then you couldn't stop thinking about Kristen. Yeah, I saw... Um, I saw a picture of her somewhere doing something silly. She was doing something very silly. Okay. I can't remember the exact photo, but some some very Kristen photo. Mm -hmm. That was on the front of a magazine while I was in New York. Oh. Buying dip. Mm. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, that looks fun. Well, that's fun. Oh, So, yeah, it's, it's stressful dating multiple people in a way. Mm. Okay, so the dinner was made. The it dinner was, was, it was made, delicious. And it was, it was really good. It was a full Thanksgiving. And did your guests laugh and have merriment and yeah. fellowship? They did. Yeah. They did. It was. Did anyone, did you guys give thanks or anything? Yeah, we gave thanks. You did. It was really nice. What else? Just, it was just lovely. I mean, I'm trying to think if there were any major highlights other than. The merriment. merriment. Yeah. yeah. And tasty food. <laughs> and the fellowship. Food, and the, the, fellowship and the, the giving things. The gustatory explosions. Yeah. It was mm. it was fun. It was good. Okay. Update on uh, couples therapy. So okay. I finished last night. The whole thing or season three? Season three. Okay. By the way, 
thought I want to run by you. But um, first of all, what a great season. And you're right. The guy that I couldn't stand had some really nice moments. Yeah. And it was a reminder, like, if you, oh, God, if you can just find ultimate patience. I know. You know, it's encouraging to stay optimistic about people. Yes. It's really hard to. That's what I, that's the main takeaway. There's other people that I have a lot of tolerance for their particular ism. His is very stepdad. There was some guest, you know, for me, it was very like, fuck this guy. Yeah. But I ended up finding him very sweet. Well, knowing why someone is the way they yeah. are just at least provides compassion. It, it doesn't mean they should be a fucking gaslighter like he was. Right, or that you can't have boundaries. Or, yeah. Yes. But it's still just like, oh, people are not picking this. And you were right. The guy didn't like her advisor. Yeah. He, he got me back a little bit, and she kind of— Acknowledge some You were stuff. just being protective of Orna. I was, I was. I love Orna. I, I don't like anyone telling her she's not doing a perfect job because she is perfect. <laughs> she never brushes her hair and you love oh, it. She never brushes her hair. I love it. Oh. Okay, what were you oh, going to say? I don't know how this works out, mm-hmm. but obviously there's that really profound moment about the Israeli-Palestine conflict. Yeah. And so then I I started wondering, like, what happened? Why are there two seasons in one? Yeah. And is it that they had recorded that? They're sitting on it. They're planning on releasing it down the road. Mm -hmm. But then Hamas attacks. And they're like, oh, we got to get this out right now so people know this all happened before. But how? I don't know what the timeline of when they dropped Season three with I all looked these. it up. You did? Yeah. It, what is it? May. Oh, so that the last make one came out so May twenty sixth. I mean, there's oh, there's always there there's always, always conflict. Yeah. yeah, but that was a really profoundly beautiful I know. moment between all of them. I know. Yeah. So in the third season, second half, uh, there's a couple, a lesbian couple. And one of the girls is, and they're young. Um, one of the girls is from the yes. West Bank. Yeah. And her family had to flee because yeah. of bombings. And Orna is Israeli. Yeah. So at the very beginning of the season, they they, they state lightly, that. Yeah, they yeah. lightly acknowledge it. Yes. But there's not really too much of a deep dive. But yeah. then by the end of the season which is i guess 10 weeks later or something yeah. it seems they do 10 sessions or whatever yeah there had been some bombing in the west bank yeah and so the palestinian girl was very very upset yeah and then feeling what was so human about it is it's not that her feelings were in question about orna it's that she felt like she might be betraying all the people she loves and that love her by even being friends with her yeah and by trusting her. Yes. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's such an interesting pressure. Yeah. That both people are feeling, am I betraying? It even happened when Chad came in, Chad Sanders, mm-hmm. and he was like, I'm nervous to get along with you because I yes. don't want to seem like, you know. I'm like hanging out with, I'm on the white guy team. Yeah, yeah, yes, and pandering to this yeah. white dude. Um, he's he's like it's weird. It's like it's almost scary to get along with you so well. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I get that. It's like yet another layer of the sadness of marginalized groups, which is you're not just suffering from the oppression of the hegemonic group. Mm-hmm. There's also all these bizarre 
internal yes. pressures of purity and, and loyalty. Yeah. That I imagine, I, I wouldn't know personally, but I imagine you can end up feeling lonelier than anyone in that your your group seems to not approve of you and the oppressor doesn't approve. Exactly, yeah. 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 It's really heartbreaking. True. Anyway, okay, the, that couple, the yeah. Palestinian girl and her girlfriend, are one of my favorites of the whole series. A thousand percent. I love them. A thousand them. percent. I almost wish for them. I'm like, guys, just be together. I know. But, but I also doing recognize, the right thing. and I think this happens a lot with people. They should have just met 10 years later. Yeah. If they just met 10 years later, I know. it would totally have worked. They're so young, and it's just too soon for either of them to. You're right. And the sad truth about life is. You can love someone profoundly and deeply and not and not be the right match. Mm. It's like the hardest pill to swallow. Yeah. But it's real. Yeah. And They're that, so that's what I feel. Oh, and they get along so well. They love each other so much. I know, I it's know. it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Um, I opened my computer for facts, but I don't have any. Oh fun. Because we <laughs> Because <laughs> we recorded it yesterday yeah. afternoon, and I don't have it yet. Well, we can just reflect on how fun she was. So fun. She's so great, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, that was lovely. I was saying how much I enjoyed having her at dinner. Mm-hmm. And Kristen told this great story about being somewhere like at, with SAG and the president of SAG. Yeah, it was a stuff. Time's Up meeting. Oh, okay. Were you there? Mm-hmm. I wonder if you remember it the same way as her. But someone was starting to make some lofty opening ceremony statement that was going to go on. And she <laughs> said that... Uh, um, Eva just went, okay, we all got to get home to our kids. So what, what are we saying and what are we not saying and what is blah, blah, blah. Like yeah. Just kind of t- fuck all this pleasantry stuff. Yeah. Let's get on with the real shit. I don't remember it personally, but I, it makes sense. Feels very yeah. yeah. I love that. Very efficient. Uh-huh. Love it. Surprise she's not a Capricorn. To me, she presents as a Capricorn uh, and I don't even she, believe in it. What is she? She's March 15th. Pisces. Pisces. What is a Pisces. And Pisces is Delta are, Pisces? No. <laughs> well, she's March 27th. That's seven. You mean Lincoln? Lincoln. I'm sorry. Oh. Yeah, what's um, that? <laughs> what am I talking about? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It looked up Lincoln. Resend nude picture to Bryce. Lincoln is an Aries. She's an Aries. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's, oh, so tell me about Pisces. Can you read me a Yeah. Liz is a Pisces. Oh, Pisces. And she's a... Hardcore quintessential Pisces. Pisces. Apex Pisces? Yes. Let's look at CoStar. Okay. Because I That's love That's your CoStar. trusted source. Yeah. Pisces traits. Somehow both five and 50 years old at once. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. She's playful, uh-huh. but wise. Yeah. Thinks everything is a sign. Can't remember if they dreamt it or it actually happened. Ah, is that Liz? Liz is all of these. Yeah, she's apex Pisces. Um, excessively romantic. Oh. Prone to fantasy. Oh. No boundaries. Oh, oh let's party. <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Rihanna is a Pisces. Sure, Rihanna. that seems obvious now that I know the description. Oh, should I read best careers? Sure. Volunteer therapist. Why volunteer? Because they shouldn't get paid. Oh. Um, oh, curbside oh, fortune teller. Oh, my God. Okay, see, this is like. These are like gurus. Amateur poet, sad clown, orb of light, vapor. Vapor? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, Lincoln. Piscar? 
Pisces? Let's oh, hear yeah. the description of Aries. Let's okay, Aries. I think this matches up. Okay. Oh, my God. They told me this story, by the way. They went to the park yesterday, the Hanson girls and the Shepherd girls uh-huh. with Ryan. Uh-huh. And there was like a gaggle, I guess, of like five seven-year-old boys. And they like came up and they were yelling and they're like, and they overheard him. And one of the boys is like, let's get these monkeys and cut their dicks off. Oh, my <laughs> like God. Seven years old. And one of the seven-year-olds called one of them the N-word. <gasps> and then they all scattered around. Then they went and sat on a bench. And the four girls went over as a team, like linked arms. And went over and was like, stop saying those things. You're not going to be, we're not going to let you guys play if you're going to talk like that. They had, they totally Great. confronted them as a team. Aww. And then one of the little boys was like, your daughter's threatening to chase me or something. And, uh. And Ryan goes, yeah, but were you saying mean words? And he goes, yeah, but like for some reason he couldn't lie. Mm-hmm. But anyways, then then Ryan went over. I was proud of Ryan. Yes. He went over to the parents and said, I would want to know if my kid said this. I want you to know your kid just said this. Ryan to me is a impeccable parent. Yeah, valiant. He's too. he's really good. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Aries. Uh, the symbol is a ram. The traits are no filter. Gets angry, then forgets why they were angry. Thinks everything is a game they can win. Will do anything on a dare and easily bored. Only two of those sound familiar. She certainly doesn't have the first few. Yeah. Best career stunt double. Mm. Which is perfect. Mm-hmm. Part-time punk. Oh. Pro wrestler. Yes. Petty thief. Mm-hmm. And cereal box mascot. Oh, wow. These are fun. These are <laughs> playful. Let's find yours. Okay. Let's find yours. Let's find yours. Let's do yours. No, let's do yours. This kind of works because she likes astrology, she said. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We talked about it for a second. Also, you just said, I'm surprised she's not a Capricorn, which means you're you're starting to embody it more. Yeah, you know what it was is she felt very direct. Yeah. But I'm saying you are starting yeah, to embody yeah. that it's a thing. Well, certainly, you know who I feel it a lot with is Erica. Yeah. I think like Erica and I have a very similar vibe. And I think it's why Charlie likes me so much is it feels mm. very kind of similar. Interesting. I think. I mean, who knows? Maybe he likes me because I'm also tall. It could be anything. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't like me too. That's also an option. <laughs> mm. Okay. Okay. Capricorn. The sea goat. Ooh, a sea goat. That's a That's a damp, wet goat. No one wants a wet goat. (laughs) Okay, ready? Yeah. Full-grown adult since age six. Mm -hmm. The responsible friend. Mm -hmm. Motivated by duty. Takes a while to warm up to people. That's not you. Uh, Represses any emotion that gets in the way of success. Yeah, these are good. These are spot on. Michelle Obama. And I would say, I would say back to the, with men, yeah, like, you know me, I don't want, I don't want new people at my house. I don't like new people. But you are I I come to embrace them. Yes, yes. There's like um, realms in which I'm fine with it, but in my house, I really don't like it. Yeah. I get over it, but like just when any dude walks in the house that I don't know, I I immediately am like, I don't want him here. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, best careers, accountant, lawyer, mm. landlord, no. <laughs> Sisyphus. Oh, 
Wow, Sisyphus. An elementary school hall monitor. Oh, sure, Sheriff, a.k.a. Sheriff. Yeah. Okay, let's do mine. Let's do yours. Leo? Nope. Libra? Virgo. Virgo. Double Virgo. Double V. I'm a double V. MCL. I'm extra V. I have an extra V. <laughs> okay, symbol, the virgin. Oh, wow. I'm on the cusp, though, Hold but still. Hold on, no, that's... <laughs> That's okay. the simple. Okay. Okay, ready? Mm. Needs to feel useful. Mm-hmm. Has a quick fix for everything. Mm. Mm. Judgmental, but with good intentions. Mm. Exceptional spatial awareness. That is not me. Mm. A million ideas per second. Oh. Um, okay. Do you Best- have a million ideas per second? I mean, you have a million thoughts per second. I have a million thoughts, and there's a lot of ideas in there. Yeah, <laughs> mixed in. Okay, best careers: hot librarian. Oh, <laughs> for the virgin, no less. Tupperware for other people's messes. Yeah. Walking encyclopedia. Human GPS. Not me. No. One person welcome committee. What does that mean? One person welcome committee. Um, I think it means host. Oh, one person welcome committee. Like a welcome committee normally is multiple people. I'm not even sure I know what a welcome committee is. When would it's like at an event or something? They're when the welcomers. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're a one person welcomer. Yeah. I guess that means you're very inclusive. It means no. I think it's like host, but With you don't mob. want other people helping. Oh, right. One man show. Yeah. All the credit. Yeah. Okay. Well, all the all the duties yeah. and all the credit. I like all the credit. <laughs> you notice when I am cooking and people go, can I help? And I'm like, of course Yeah, not. you never like, like want, that. And I'm going to do the dishes and I'm going to do, you know, it's got to be the whole soup to nuts thing. Oh, wait, for, there's a whole thing. Oh, like a book? Yeah. Oh my gosh, read us a book. Okay, should I read, should I read the book on what is the personality of a burger? I mean, we kind of did that, but this is more intense. Now I want to go back and read the book on Capricorn. What makes Virgos happy? No, I'm sick with you. Okay. Um, it feels braggy when you read it about yourself. Oh, does it? <laughs> okay, what type of person is a Virgo? Virgos are generally very modest. They want to feel acknowledged for their contributions, but they don't need grandiose gestures of appreciation to feel valuable. They are little geniuses. They, <laughs> they notice the details. Virgo knows when their toothbrush has been moved even a centimeter. Mm. Virgos are insecure about the fact that they're not perfect. They're aware that their actions have consequences, but that they can at times be responsible for their own suffering. This is why you'll often hear them saying things like, it's my fault and I did this to myself. Mm. Virgos are the literal embodiment of the medieval philosopher who lives in a sterile cell, never opening the door for fear that people will catch a glimpse of the mess inside. Their Mm. motto is, quote, in order to save myself from myself, I must first destroy myself. Oh, wow. What they want is a pure, clean existence. They need to be the best to feel worthy of their existence. They can be so obsessed with their own image of perfection that they lose touch with their true impulses. They repress their feelings by locking them away in order to achieve a state of impassivity. They can come off as far more rational than they really are. Their feelings are generally a great mystery to them. They feel so many things so deeply, Mm. but they usually don't know how to talk about it. The only way they can express the ineffable is through dry sarcasm. Oh. 
Some are parts are real. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hold on. Can I read your this book? Was the, yeah, yeah. This was the point that my astronomy teacher made. You remember this great story where he invited an astronomer and he gave readings and the things got handed out in the wrong order? No. And everyone read them like, yeah, this is. Oh, this right. Is what, and then the person was like, wait, wait, no, you were supposed to. Pay. And then everyone shuffled them down and then everyone's like, yeah, this is me. That's such a the, good. <laughs> there is something to be said of like any list of adjectives you'll, 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 find you'll try couple. to connect. I know. You'll think of like, you can think of 10 examples of when you were like that, which is not to say it's the prevailing mode of operant. I think it is though. Like it when is. I look at everyone's, I do think I'm mostly that and I'm doubles. <laughs> Triple V. Okay, I'm going to read yours. Okay. Capricorns are masters of discipline. The wringing of the hands, the constant reminders, the exacting structure, the ever-increasing goals, the tidal wave of self-criticism that lasts forever. They are the ultimate perfectionists. They already, they said that about Virgos, too. Yeah. They can be so absorbed in their own internal monologue that it becomes impossible to get them to look away from themselves. Mm, Capricorns are often narcissists. called are often called narcissists. Are often from narcissists. <laughs> They're called workaholics. It says mm. they are incredibly pragmatic. Capricorns are rule followers mm, mm, with a highly developed moral compass. Mm. Mm. Uh, <laughs> How dare you? I just reject the mores of my culture. From a young age, it is impressed upon them that their whole sense of worth and meaning is based on their ability to hunker down and force their way to the finish line. Their drive to succeed is a reflection of their fear of failure. The most stressful time in a Capricorn's life is when they question their own authority. Mm, That's very true. But is that true for everyone? No. No, you can't relate to that? No. When a Capricorn is in a position of power, they're most stable. When they're put mm. in a position where they have to cater to someone else's agenda. Oh, geez, it's like straight out of my <laughs> mouth. <laughs> Wait. When they're put in a position where they have to cater to someone else's agenda, they can become a little unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, by, slash violent. <laughs> Capricorns collect responsibility and they always seem to take it all on. Capricorns need to be the one to fix everything. Mm. Responsibility is their natural state. They have a quote can do attitude. Capricorns are both the martyrs and the champions. They are the guardians and the judges, the team captains, the chief of chiefs, the general, the leader. But as they lead the charge, Capricorns can feel like the loneliest people in the world. Mm. They wish to be completely self-sufficient because they are so scared of depending on others. It's pretty good. <laughs> that one's really it's pretty, pretty solid. Pretty There's only good. a couple in there. Rule followers. No, that's not yeah. you. I don't even. I think those those are um, contradictory. I don't think you can be a leader and a rule follower. Yes, you can. I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, don't you think? You I'm a. Rule yeah, I don't follower. know why I'm saying that, but. It does seem that you have to break the rules to get anywhere. That's a Capricorn mindset. I don't believe that. You don't believe that? Mm-mm. Yeah. I mean, you can. You have to look outside the box, but that's not breaking the rules. Right. Like, that's being unconventional is not breaking the rules. Well, the example I would give is, like, directing hit and run. And 7,000 people mm-hmm. telling me, you don't have enough money to shoot all these action sequences. Yeah. And then me just going, no, I know how I shoot. I've made a lot of stuff at this point and I've made a lot of shorts and I know how to move ahead and I'm with a crew that knows that. And just rejecting the yeah, the, the commonly held belief, which I would say is a rule in a sense. Uh, I don't think that's a rule. So you, they'll say like, you need three days for this action sequence. Mm-hmm. Like we broke it down this way and this is the formula and there's even programs within Final Draft that you can, and I'm like, 
I know, but no, I know I'm gonna, I say, no, I can do that. That, yeah. can, that can be done. Right, that's different though. That's different. A rule breaker would be, you have three days and then you say no or okay, and then you take six days. Like there's a rule in place right. that you have to do this and then you just don't. Right, well, part of me being able to do it was that I did break a lot of rules. Like I shot on roads we didn't own. I did yeah, a lot of tricky that stuff. Is to, rule f that's breaking. To, but in order to execute this thing I knew could be done or I believed could be done, I didn't know until I found out. Yeah, it. I mean, you run red lights and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if no one's around. <laughs> I don't again, do that. I recognize the spirit of the law. Safety. <laughs> um, well, well look. I, you know, as much as I can, I, I don't believe in astrology. I sure love it. You, I love it too. Yeah, yeah. Let me look at the app real quick. Okay. Just to see what today's has to do. We have to go. We have to go now. We spent most of this episode talking about stuff we had to cut. Yeah. <laughs> or most of this fact check anyway. Okay. Um, this was from October 14th. PSAs. For you. Why so far back? That's the last That's one a month posted. away. Over a month ago. Oh, my God. I hope they're... Do they die? <laughs> I hope not. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I've learned. <laughs> I'm able to Okay, ready? Oblige. PSA, October 14th. For you. Going back to the same person will create the same dynamic. Mm. Mine. You can't fix anyone. Mm. It's so... Dead on. It's crazy. It's they're listening. Yeah. Yeah. I always look at Kristen's too, cancer. Is you're allowed to say no. Oh wow. That's mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, ready? Another one. This is from October eleventh. Gets mad at you and <laughs> Wait, this is Kristen? No, you. Oh, this is me. No, this is the heading, right? Oh, okay. Gets mad at you and for you. Tells you to go fuck yourself in a chilling monotone. <laughs> oh, my God. Definitely watching. <laughs> oh Mine boy. is gets mad at you and puts together a PowerPoint about how you hurt them. Mm. Gets Kristen gets mad at you and communicates exclusively via cabinet slamming. Wow. Okay. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Okay. One more. Yeah. Okay. October 9th. Existential questions. You. Do I self-sabotage because trying and failing to get what I want would be more painful? Do I self-sabotage because trying to get what I want would be more painful? Trying and failing. Oh, trying and failing. I don't think I'm a self-sabotager. Do you? Well, In some I mean, ways, I'm a yeah. self-destructor. It's the same thing. But again, here, this is what kind of what I'm saying about it. It's like, if I focus just on addiction, well, duh. Yeah. But if I focus on the rest of my life, my rest of my life is pretty well run. For sure. Yeah. But sometimes when it's all going great. It's time to. It's time to fuck it up yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, well, Which I would true. call self-sabotage. Yeah. Um, mine, existential questions. What if there's no, quote, best performance prize at the end of it all? Oh. Good. Yeah. Um, good. And hers is holding grudges my way of keeping past relationships alive in my head? I don't think that's very accurate to her, actually. No. Um, She's not a grudger. Mm-mm. Um, oh, okay. This one is like, 
cool, okay? Okay. This is a picture with some stuff around it. Okay. For you. Capricorn. Gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> it says Capricorn GF. I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, wakes you up at seven to make sure you get the most out of your day. Makes you change outfits if you don't look put together. That's not you. Dislikes most people except for you. Has an airtight 20-year plan. Keeps a standing appointment for you in their Google calendar. Writes a list of expectations and makes you sign it like a contract. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Oh, wow. Promises one day you won't have to work. Huh. Hmm. Okay, mine, Virgo gluten-free, is... Has learned to love your flaws, but still can't help. What's the heading? Virgo GF. Oh, we don't know what GF is. No. Girlfriend? Oh. Oh, Virgo girlfriend? Oh, maybe. Maybe. Okay, so let's hear it now that I understand that. that's very gendered. Well, Um, I think only women are reading astrology charts. No, you love it. (laughs) Okay. Virgo gluten. Wouldn't you say, wouldn't you guess, though, that that, that, uh, interest in astrology is so... Over indexes with females. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because men are too afraid to look inward. Well, no, it's in keeping with our reduced emotional intelligence. Like everything is pragmatic. Everything. Yeah. 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 Okay. Virgo, gluten free. Has learned to love your flaws, but still can't help pointing them out. Uh, 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 (laughs) Uh, Keeps a toothbrush at their house for you. Oh, that's considerate. Yeah. Gets your favorite snacks from the store without you having to ask. Mm. Picks lint off your clothes like a mother bear grooming her young. Oh. Gets mad Have you if- done that yet on any of your dates? No. Okay. Gets mad if you don't text when you get home. Ah, uh, that's, that's a good one. The way you load the dishwasher makes their eye twitch. <laughs> <laughs> Sends random updates throughout the day to let you know they're thinking of you. Hmm. Okay, that's enough that for now. Sweet, oh, wait, yeah. it's 11 11. Oh, your favorite time of day. I always find you it. Keep getting it. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, sorry, we don't have facts. But, but we do love, here's a fact we love Eva Longoria. Yeah, that was yeah. really fun. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I was delighted because, again, uh, 18 years ago, I worked with her, 17 years ago, and yeah. it was such a fun day. Yeah. And then I was reassured and delighted to see that we got along so well again. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, never know if these are cool. one-offs on a set or. She's very comfortable. Yes, in her own skin. Yeah. Yeah. It's Capricorn. admirable. Yeah. She's not a Capricorn. She's okay. Pisces. She's Pisces. Um, all, right. all right. Love you. Love you. <laughs>